This podcast is brought to you by JList.com. JList.com, they have their August snack boxes available, and there's all kinds of crazy stuff in here for you guys. They have Frito-Lay Cheetos Kansai Dashi soy sauce flavor, for those of you that just love tasting weird flavored chips, Morinaga Ishigaki Island pineapple flavor, new Komeda uh, coffee candy, Dol Kobutsu gummy banana flavor, 16 snacks and in all inside this snack box, and you get a $5 coupon to JList when you buy a snack box. So you can enjoy your snacks while you watch your favorite anime. That's a good idea. Also, this podcast is brought to you by the Otaku Box. The Otaku Box is the only anime loot crate that lets you vote on what anime you'll get in your box so there's no more guessing or gambling with your boxes and with exclusive items and artwork as well this is one of the most unique anime loot crates you'll find check it out at theotakubox.com and please use the promo code aaa by clicking the i have a coupon button at checkout to get 10 percent off your order that way they'll know that we're the one that sent you again that's the promo code aaa at theotakubox.com at the core of everything in the show, it, it is a journey of understanding the words I love you. And it's done very beautifully because love is such a grand thing, but it hurts so much. Like it's so, it's a very complicated thing. And I feel like several, there's several versions of love. There's love between parents, there's love between, you know, lovers, there's love between brothers, there's love between friends. And a man and his bowl of ramen, you know, that's the love that, that's, that is love right there, you know. You're listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Take your anime addiction to the next level at aaapodcast.com slash join. And now, here are your anime addicts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 430th podcast episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Wherever you're listening from, whatever you're doing, whether you're commuting in your car, I know that's a lot of you, whether you're just trying to make your workday more bearable, or maybe you're just, uh, you know, taking a shower while you listen to us, thank you for tuning in. I love having you guys join us today. I am, of course, I am your host, Mitsugi, and I am joined by a man who has a brain full of soccer, mm. aka football. His mm. name's Enzo, and he's living the life up in Brooklyn. How are I you? Am. I'm, I am living a good. I'm exhausted today, but because of good reasons. Because I hung out with friends last night, and then mm. the World Cup ended today, which is sad but great. And I'm so happy that we got to all watch it together. I'm glad that a lot of people are were into it this year, and uh, just happy to be here today, man. What's up? I love it. You're, yes, What's I love up? it. And of course, we have Enzo's one, two, skip a few neighbor to the west, Damn. Mandy, who often wakes <laughs> up with a ferret on her face. How are you, Mandy? Dude, you're not actually wrong about that. I know. <laughs> he actually wakes me up sometimes by licking my face. But hello. It's adorable. A ferret, a ferret, <laughs> little mlem. Ferret yep. tongue. Mm-hmm. Ferret mlem. Two of them, actually, because wow. I have two of Double them. Double mlem action. All right, what's everybody <laughs> drinking for this episode? Uh, I have a lot of water next to me. I have a raspberry sparkling water with a five-hour energy poured into it. So Ooh. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. If you want to find I us, I had my you can coffee do before this. Oh, well. 
let's just all, <laughs> we're all hyped up, aren't we? We're all, mm-hmm. we're all jacked up on stimulants. That's mm. how this podcast yep. has kept going for nine years. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go get one of my cat's insulin syringes. Can we get Fill it with five hour energy and stab that sucker into my neck. What do you say? Damn. How about we just try and get a coffee sponsor instead? We should. We should do that. Oh yeah, my that'd be God. Can sick we? As hell. Boss Coffee or, 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 or oh Wanda Coffee? Oh my God. If you they get can a take Boss a silhouette Coffee, of my, oh my God. they can use a silhouette of my bald head just like Tommy Lee Jones for the front of the can. It'll be perfect. Wow. Right? Think about it. I back this. Yeah, I back this. Get on it, Boss Coffee. Yeah, get All right. If you, coffee, if you want to. If you want to visit our website and, and join the uh, the anime addicts, you can do it at our website, www.aaapodcast.com forward slash join, where you can hear us do our hentai episodes. We have we have an interesting hentai episode today. We are going to bring a real-life police officer onto the podcast for the hentai episode, and he's going to tell sexy cop stories. Oh, my which, God. <laughs> which, is, which is something that, that you would only find on Howard Stern, but I am delivering it to you in a hentai episode later today. So, again, that that's content, AAA baby. Po- <laughs> That's right. AAAPodcast.com forward slash join. We're going to peel the curtain back and find out what really happens with law enforcement. Uh, what well, really we just happens. Did, <laughs> we just did a Hobby Addicts on the World Cup, if you want to listen to that. And, of course, we do our after parties as well. So um, I have a new initiative that I want people to think about. So we, we are we're way ahead of any of the other anime podcasts in terms of, of reviews on iTunes. I think we've established that by now. Yes. But somehow there are still podcasts, including podcasts that are that have been inactive for years that are ahead of us on the iTunes search results. And I find that frustrating. So I would like people to make sure that when you that if you're listening to this podcast, that you go on iTunes and you subscribe to the podcast. And I think that would really help our search results. So that would make me happy. So that's a that's the new mission. So I'm being greedy. Yes, we still want reviews, but now we want subscriptions as well. So we're we're uh, we're being greedy here. I'm sorry yeah, for that. But. The, the 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 subs actually actually make a huge difference. In this. I think that's like the one statistic people actually list like look at first when you look right. at a podcast to see how good it is. So a sub would so, be super super awesome. It's super easy to do. And I, you, you I, could sub and put a little smile on my face. There you go. And if you and and, and, and and if we can crack this and become number one. I will make a sub a subscribe song and do a dance for you and sing it myself. So, can you do it in, right. in boxers? I will do it any way you want. Excellent. Anyway, All right, boys. Covered in, in boxers, yeah. covered with chocolate. I mean, anything. Boys and girls, first, get on that sub button. I need to make this man first dance. Get us that. First, get us that MeUndies sponsor, uh, and then then do the dance. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yes. This It'll- can. This this is possible. So. <laughs> All right, so on this episode, we are, we're, we're going to be doing some fun stuff. We are going to be talking about the best of Japanese food, Ugh. which was suggested by many people, including uh, Molly's, Otaku Cop, and Piper from the forum, so from the Discord, the rather. Discord. So, oh, my God, don't date yourself, my guy. <laughs> I know, right? So on the Discord, which, by the way, you should be joining the Discord if you yes, haven't joined it already. And you can actually, I'm now putting a direct link to the invite for the Discord in the show notes for every for every podcast release. Awesome. So you know you no longer even have to go to our website. You just you just open up the the description and just click the link on your phone and you're done. You're automatically in all damn. the hotness. Making so your damn life so, easy, baby. Stay stay in the flames, okay? You want to stay in the flames. Mm-hmm. So and oh and then we're gonna do a review on Violet Evergarden. Which yes, is a Netflix Kyoto animation property, which could not be more beautiful. It is uh, eyeball melting. So Looking forward to all that, and so we got a good show for you guys. Anything else, my friends, before we kick it off into and and head into a journey of unknown proportions? 
No, <laughs> hit me with hit me with those unknown proportions, dude. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Amid the horrible flooding crisis that is spread across Western Japan, the anime industry is giving aid, and I think that's cute. So for those of you that are in the dark about this somehow, terrible rainfall has caused, has caused massive flooding and mudslides and yeah. landslides all across Western Japan. The last time we did a podcast episode, I mentioned this, the death toll was only like 50. Now it's over 200. Oh, no, and no, that's not what I wanted to hear. Oh, my God. Many missing as well. So it's bad. That's really sad. It's bad and it's awful. However, the anime industry is doing what they can. Psy Games, which is the company that has their fingers in anime have, who, because they were, they, are, they, are, they were involved in Rage of Bahamut, Grand Blue Fantasy, and more, have donated $222,000 to help find fund rescue and repair efforts. So I think that's kind of nice. That's awesome. Yeah. We got to get the we, we got we got to get the one piece guy to donate another 10 million. Yeah, right. He, <laughs> hey, can you spare another 10 million, please? <laughs> that the, that guy gives 10 million away like I go down the street and buy a cheeseburger. Oh my <laughs> so, god. Damn. You know what I mean? Wonder what that feels um, like. But yeah, this is awesome uh, to to hear because um the thing the thing was like like anime creators like, you know, like they're in Japan. That it's the country that allows them to do what they do. So it's always nice to hear that they're giving back as much as they can. Yeah, and a lot of people live in that Kansai area. You know, yeah, we, for we sure. were down there. We were down there. We were in Osaka. Oh, and Kobe. Both of the both <laughs> Osaka, Osaka, Kobe, and, and Osaka and Kyoto are definitely Kansai. Yes, um, sorry, that was a dumb. Benzo was on a ramen high. He forgot I, everything. I blurred, <laughs> all that all blurred together for me. Just so. And so, as, as as a quick aside, if, if you and I ever find ourselves in Japan again, uh-huh. and I think whether it be through the Olympics or through another podcast Japan trip, I believe this will happen. We are definitely going to the ramen museum in Yokohama next time. Yeah, and we're gonna just stay there for like six hours. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're gonna eat. We're gonna literally eat like ten bowls of ramen. Yeah, there's like there's like, there's like fifty five ramen restaurants inside that inside that museum, and it's epic. Yeah, um, I still want to go to that place where you fish up your own food. Whoa, I know where we that never is. Did that. That's in Shinjuku. Let's do it. Awesome. All right, we can that do is, that too. That is that is a done deal for right. sure. God, we get uh, so excited. Talk, we get so excited talking about potential trips to Japan. <laughs> well, what we're excited <laughs> to talk about is food, which is why this is which is what this podcast episode is about. This is, is gonna about. be torture. I haven't eat, I haven't eaten yet. <laughs> well, you should eat at the. You should munch some food at the news break. Oh my god! Um, yeah. Also, many manga creators are taking to Twitter to post original artwork that are lending support to lift the spirits of those that are affected by the disaster including the manga creator uh, Koji Seo, who created Fuka, Ahiru, Ahiru no Soda manga creator Takeshi Hinata, Hajime no Ippo's creator George Morikawa, oh, cool. Fairy Tales Hiro um, Mashima, Kanojo Okashi, Okarishimas creator Reiji Miyajima, Aria no Kishi author Kaya Tsukiyama, and many others as well. There were a ton of them. So... The artwork is pretty cute. It's it's very like heartwarming and uplifting. So if you want to yeah. go post some happy comments or maybe even reply with your own artwork to support Japan or whatever it is, or maybe even donating a little bit of money to the Red Cross. Like I'm sure Red Cross in Japan is probably collecting money to help just what is probably going to be. Do they have anywhere you can buy like these original artworks? I don't know. Like, but ma- like maybe prints of them. I found this article on Anime News Network, so you can mm. uh, you can find it on there, and you might be able to you may be able to trace through the internet. Yeah, I wonder and find if they're something. selling them 
for like it to could help be. out. That would be a smart idea. So, and I know yeah. that the Red Cross, it's probably going to be a billion or more dollars that are needed to do all, probably well more than a billion that will be needed to repair everything, but every little bit counts. So, all right. Well, that's sad, but let's move on to happier things. How about yeah, that? Yeah, please. <laughs> Prepare for trouble. Make it double. Shut up. You haven't had one useful thing to say since you got here. My Hero Academia is getting a game that will launch in the West on October 26th. Okay. Which normally I wouldn't care about, but it's My Hero Academia, so it's pretty big news. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It's a Bandai Namco Entertainment game. It's going to be an arena fighter, so probably not not unlike the types of games that you got from uh, Persona Arena or whatever. And, uh, you know, like a Street Fighter type of game. Or like, uh, or like DBZ, like the Tenkaichi games. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be on, it's gonna be on pretty much everything Xbox, PS4, Switch, and PC. Again, it's coming out on October 26th. There are gonna be some pre-order perks, early access to playable characters, including Endeavor. I don't oh, know. Cool. I, don't, I, cool. I honestly don't. don't I honestly cool. don't know any of these characters, but I assume you guys do. Wait, yeah, uh, this is dope as hell. I'm just I'm looking. Two, at, I'm like looking at this little trailer thing, and it's really cool looking. Yeah, two other playable additions have been announced: All Might and Deku's Teacher. The retired Gran Torino is yes. getting into the action, and also there's a villain called Muscular who's going to be in it. Wow. So, hmm. so, I wonder if it's going to be like Smash, because Smash is a big uh, arena fighter. So I wonder if it's going to be similar it looks, to that. It looks, more like, uh, it looks more like a DBZ fighter. Are there screenshots? Yeah, there's a video, there's a video in the link that Mitz put. It's, it's a, oh, nice. There's a, uh, a trailer of how like the fighting looks, and it looks like the old Tenkaichi games for, uh, that were on the PS2. But with more 360 fighting though, it's not it's not fully 2D. Mm, okay, I see. Yeah, now. It's, it's 360 arena fighting, so that's cool. Is this a game that you guys think you feel like you might buy, or is this just something you're gonna look at because it's shiny? And then, I you know. personally have not bought any fighting games in a long time because that's just not my style anymore. Dude, I suck at yeah. them. Yeah, I'm terrible. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Well, speak for your speak for yourself, boys. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not too shabby at them. Okay. Okay. Mm, okay. okay. <laughs> But I just, I just, I just like, all right, real talk. I just play Overwatch, okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> At least oh, he's honest. Hilarious. <laughs> okay. Hey, I hey, do hey, like hey. that when they hit somebody, as like wham, like like the, the sort of like. Text? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that looks cool as shit. Did, did you get your diamond rank or whatever you wanted? Dude, I don't want to talk about. It. I was two games oh away. Oh my god! I was two games away from being diamond, and then I lost like four in a row, and I'm stuck at fucking twenty eight, twenty eight hundred SR, which is still really good for a mercy main, but like. Fuck. Anyway, that's it. Oh boy. Yeah. Hit I'll be honest. I, I'm not like a massive fan of My Hero Academia. I just think it's okay. But I would still play this. This looks like fun. It yeah. does. I play this with a group of people on the Discord if they want to. I would get play it. it. I mean, I I have game. I already have a, a list of games that haven't come out yet that I'm that are going to take up the next half a year probably for me. I mean, one of them is Divinity too. So I might as well just handcuff myself to my debt to my couch and just <laughs> surrender really for like shit. the next. <laughs> Three weeks, but I but I also think, um, in all honesty, after watching the Resident Evil Two remake trailer a few times, I think that's going to be a game of the year contender for next year, and it's mm. absolutely just I'm absolutely my mind is blown by it. The graphics alone are are just stunning. I don't even know how to. You should, everybody should go watch that trailer if you're a Resident Evil fan. Um, <clears throat> that's cool. Well, I'm sure a lot of people will probably uh, be playing this, and I wouldn't be shocked if there's a small little community of people on the Discord that are you know yeah. fighting each other. And I was stuff about like to that. say so like we could settle disputes on Discord this way. Like you know what, just one v one me and one v one me and my Hero Academia, dude. 
There's going to be like a low-key fight club fighting around. People, <laughs> no one, no one talks about like fight club, money. though, but... And we have a, right. a gambling circle in our Discord. Yeah, a gambling circle in the Discord. <laughs> hey, the the AAA podcast gambling ring. So b- bring it on, people. I'm nev- I'm not participating. I, mean, I will. I will. Chalky used to whoop my ass routinely at Soul Caliber. I am not <laughs> playing that. I am not getting into that again. But you guys have fun beating up on each other. Uh, so that sounds. So great. Uh, sh- shall we move on again? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Biggest news on the podcast is right here. Mm-hmm. This probably could have been at the top of the show, but the uh, it, it is a hot new release, technically. The Gundam franchise is getting a Hollywood live-action film in That's the fall. That's ridiculous. You're not even going to have to wait. It's like three months away. That's re- Wait, no way. Yes, it is. No a way. Live-action Gundam film. Wait, what? Made by Legendary Pictures and Sunrise, it's a collaboration between the two of them. It's the it's the first ever live ac- live action take on Gundam. It will premiere in the fall. Now I didn't write down what year, <laughs> so maybe I should click this link and make sure that it's coming out this year. But I it's coming out in the fall, either this year or next year. We'll confirm that. Legendary Pictures has sort of been dipping their fingers into a lot of stuff for, yes. that's anime related. Yeah, they um they did Pacific Rim. Which means that they have experience with with giant Gundam, with giant uh, robot stuff already. They did uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Detective Pikachu, and also another Godzilla movie, Godzilla vs Kong, which well, hasn't which doesn't come out it's yet. It's not. Um, I'm not super surprised that Legendary is doing that. Legendary has always had their toes in nerdy shit. They are the owners of the like the most visited geek channels, Geek and Sundry and Nerdist. Um, they own those two like entities so they they're not adverse to averse to dipping their toes in nerdy stuff so this is probably going to be like the like this is probably going to be the one they have to prove themselves on though if you who's going to start in it do we know uh, I, um you have to click the link and read through the article i'm still trying to find i'm still trying to confirm what year it came out in probably someone in the chat has already found it and has already answered the question um but I don't know that that matters. The question, the question I'm, I'm asking, uh, the question that I wanted to ask, and I asked the Gundam people, and they said, "Listen to uh, listen to it on their podcast." Was is uh, the gun? The Gundam community is very uh, very intense, right? They the Gundam has a longer history than almost anything, and it's been more prolific than pretty much anything. And I, I could see the Gundam people having a lot of apprehension about the fact that there's for the first time ever a live action movie being made because you know nobody wants to have their 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 biggest passion their 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 favorite franchise ruined by a crappy movie a lot a lot, a lot of the same way that people that gun the Dragon Ball Z fans grimaced in pain when they watched Dragon Ball Evolution because of how oh horrible God. it was let's not speak that in movie title again <laughs> so i don't I, I i know that neither of you are hardcore Gundam fans and I was kind of hoping that when, I was kind of hoping I, I I could get some feedback in real time from 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 the Gundam people to hear what they had to say. But like, what are your thoughts on this generally? Um, While you answer, I'm going to look up the date. So so be, because of the recent Star Wars movies and the level of like CG that we can achieve, like I can like take away like take away the Star Wars plot. Like imagine all those ships like the way they are in space, like. I'm like 
Because to me, like, iconic Gundam scenes to me are, like, when there's a million ships shooting at each other and then there's, like, five Gundams fighting in between all of that. Like, that to me is, like, quintessential, like, Gundam action. And, like, I think we have the ships shooting down. I think that's something that we have down okay. that, that can look good. Of course, the one thing that I'm extremely worried about, aside from, like, the writing, is, like, how are you going to make Gundams look good? You know? Well, like, Sunrise is helping them. They're, it's a, they're, they're, they're involved, which is good. It's a damn good thing that they are, you know? Yeah, that, but, is, that is a good thing. But I'm, talk, I'm talking more like I don't want to see a shitty CG Gundam. It's going to piss me off, you know? Did you see Ready Player yeah. One? Yes. There was a Gundam in that in there. That looked pretty cool, but... Okay. It, but the thing is, like, but it looked cool in the in the aesthetic context of Ready Player One. It de- it's going to depend on, like, how they want to, like, what kind of aesthetic they're going to portray in uh, in this movie. Because if they go for an aesthetic like Star Wars, the, the Gundam in Ready Player One doesn't fit. You know what I'm saying? I understand. Yeah. So, like, if, if they go for, like, a, a you know, like, a Save It Prior Ryan aesthetic in space, but Gundam, like, the, that Ready Player One Gundam doesn't fit. They they would have to have like a a more like a more like uh like a gun that has more texture on it. It's not as smooth. So we I I'd have to know what what the fuck the aesthetic is gonna be or like what the story's gonna be like. But it, I it is it does make me nervous though because like Gundam is Gundam. I'm not the biggest Gundam head, but like Gundam is huge. It's very important. It's very important. Very important. They can't oh, fuck yeah. this yeah. one up. <laughs> you know, like this is the one. one. Of the mo- Don't fuck this one up. <laughs> So I, I, d- I did find an article that says 2018. So it's coming. Holy soon. shit. So I need to find 20, out. It says 20 That's 18- weird because I can't find anything on it. I need it. to find out when the production started then. Because if, if this is produced in under a year, I'm scared. Link, link posted in the, uh, in, in the thingy so you can read it. Also, I just want to know. Feel free to post that link in the chat. Also, it. it says 2018 will see Gundam finally make a live-action Hollywood debut, albeit oh, indirectly go. in Steven Spielberg's adaptation of Ready Player One. Blah 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 blah. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't read enough, <laughs> so I still don't know. I guess, but um, <laughs> it's coming. But the question really isn't. The, like I said, the, the the release date really isn't important. The important thing is, you know, how do people feel about Gundam and what are their hopes and dreams for yeah. it? All I, mean, I can say is, as a friend of the Gundam at, at MAHQ podcast, those are all really nice guys. I recommend that you keep your eyes peeled for their podcast because Gundam is all they talk about. So they'll have a lot of insights about it, I'm sure. And they have seen pretty much everything that is yeah. Gundam, which is remarkable because I there's mean, so much of it. The potential is there. Like the potential for a fucking amazing sci fi mech movie live action is there. Like you can make a really great movie with this. It just has yeah. to look. It just has to look good, and the writing has to be good too. So think about. Can they put the rock in it? <laughs> I love the rock. I would. Can they do that? If if yeah. I watch well, the shit. It, well, they do a storyline like um like <laughs> G like not G Gundam like if they, if they do a storyline like Gundam Wing like it's you know Gundam pilots from around the world then yeah why not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope there's a lot of like political intrigue and a lot of scenes that take place on like the bridge of ships. That's yes. that's the kind of shit. That's that the I kind like, of shit I want. You know, I, so. I want like command centers and like yeah. you attack this way. You know some legend of uh, galactic heroes shit. You know. Yeah, like the way that they do it in Crest of the Stars and stuff. There's a lot of military strategy going on. A lot of a lot of you know the the captain 
barking orders at people that are doing different functions on the bridge and whatnot. It's yeah, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. Well, All for, right, well, for now I'm excited at the idea. For now. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to see it. I don't know a ton about Gundam, but I'm sure that the movie isn't going to require you to know a lot about Gundam. Otherwise, it would be an epic failure. So it'll probably... <laughs> it's going to be another Transformers. <laughs> well, if it is, it'll make a shitload of money and have lots of explosions. <laughs> um, there's another anime that was announced for the fall 2018, Zombieland Saga, an original TV anime. It is, it's going to be done by three different groups. The animation will be done by Studio Mappa, Avex Pictures, and Psy Games. And it is, quote, a new twist on the zombie genre coming out in October 2018. I watched the trailer. It didn't have, it had literally no anime in it. It was all just like very dark and eerie scenery. Um, but it, it looks, it looked really, it looked very uh, not. Whoa. Like you think about. S- starring Woody Harrelson. That would be hilarious. <laughs> you, you think about um, High School of the Dead, right? And th- this didn't seem like that kind of an anime. This looked like a lot more of a serious zombie show, which is something that mm. I don't know that we've had, that we've had yet. So this, so at least not. This trailer looks like The Walking Dead meets anime, like uh, environment-wise. Like, and how, and if it was, how would you feel about that? I'm not against this. I'm not against mm-hmm. this. If if you bring me mature overtones of The Walking Dead, and then put an anime anime flair on top. With like good animation and like good characters and like cool zombie scenes, yeah, I'm in. What a weird trailer! It didn't show you anything. anything. It, it no, was, nothing. It was all aesthetic. That's all is an yeah. aesthetic trailer. That's it. That's interesting that they went that route. Maybe they're saving the zombie designs for the anime. It could be. I mean, there's probably going to be stuff since it's coming out in only three months. Next season, literally. I mean, you're going to start seeing some stuff come out for it pretty soon. Yeah, what do you think? Of the, what do you think the twist is? Because as Beacom says in the YouTube chat, like, there's, I feel like there's not many new things you could do with the zombie genre. Well, like, like what, <laughs> it's kind of played if out. If you get bit, you turn into a lowly zombie. They're probably going to be bit. like big, big, busty zombies that you know lure lure men in with their sexual bodies and then bite them and turn them into zombies. Damn, I did not see that in the trailer at all. Well, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> well, you really never know. You really never know with anime. You so don't. You really don't. <laughs> Maybe there'll be. I zombie feel like horse somewhere girls. we added something. <laughs> be zombie ho- zombie ho- horse girls. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe, Shit, or maybe, watch a, that. maybe, maybe a a, a a neat is going to leave his house and brave the world because he needs to collect all the different body parts of a moe zombie girl to reassemble her and make the girl of his dreams. Can we get zombie idols? <laughs> God no, no, please! I'd watch the shit out of that, please. Their name is Dead Sexy. What, Mandy? You you. I can, I, gone wild. I can feel your brain working at. <laughs> oh shit! Just, just no. Please, I can God, feel your brain just ticking, just like. Their first single's like, "We are zombies. We are zombies." Hey. Oh my God. No. Are we excited for this? I'm listen for for what we have I so mean, far. I mean, nothing it right now. I'm in, I guess. I'm not against an <laughs> anime zombie says. thing. You know, the, right. the bar is High School of the Dead, so do your best. 
I liked High School of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was at least fun. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean, I'm it was dumb as shit, but it was fun. <laughs> but it's not a really high bar. It's a good. It's it's, no, it's good no. for what it was, but it's not a high bar to beat. So I'll say it again. I'm I don't understand why there hasn't been another High School of the Dead anime. I think it would be a it would be an obvious hit. I don't know what they're doing, but whatever. Shouts out to uh, the yeah, shouts out to the boob, boob scene. The, the bullet between the boobs, like fuck. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like ridiculous. Oh my god. God damn. But yeah, All I'm right, in. I'm Lord. in so far. I'm in. I'm in. All right. Good. Trivia. Uh, the answer this week was Kaon. This is the last round of trivia for this month. The an- the correct answers. Not very many people got this. There were a lot of incorrect answers actually, um, which doesn't usually happen. Kung Pao, Golden Jedi Link, one I. One Iro Knot, Outlaw Mazinger, Chibi Rob, Forey Stick Man, Manly Mudkip, Hugs for Drugs. Jesus. <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs> this one sounds bad too, but I don't know wh- why. Chocolate P9. <laughs> I, don't know what mm-hmm. a, I don't know what a P9 is, but uh, Nelly 1876, Midnight Crow, The Viva La JD, and That Bearded Guy. All got it right. Benzo's broken. <laughs> Oh, God. Do hugs for drugs. Oh, my God. All right. Hugs for drugs. Okay. The winner for the week was Chibi Rob. So, good job, Chibi Rob. Uh, But the winner for the month is Icy Rose. Dude, Chibi Rob wins all the time. I think he's cheating. Yo, he hacked us. Maybe he is cheating. He hacked us for damn sure. He is is just image searching it on Google. Oh, call him out. I'm on to you. I'm on to you. Well, we no longer have um, a professional imi- uh, Google in reverse image search ninja to prevent that from happening. So, but if you uh, if you if you start doing that, I will I will eliminate the trivia. So let's not do that. Um, I have created a new category for next month. Oh, by the way, congratulations, Icy Rose. Let's pl- let's just play another drop for him. Just random drops. So <laughs> the next theme is anime food. And it's up because this is episodes about anime, about Japanese food. So the the thing is up on the website already. So you can go hit that up. Nice. All right. Um, who, which one of you two beautifuls wants to do the uh, intro trivia question? Mandy does. Oh, oh, oh thanks. <laughs> Alrighty, our in-show weekly trivia question, which we'll answer after the break, is what unusual color is the hair of the main character in the anime Slam Dunk? I'm enjoying Slam Dunk. I'm watching that right now. I I, I mm. might join you on that rewatch, dude. I, I, it's pretty nice. I remember loving that fucking show. <laughs> All right, guys. And when we come back, we're gonna have Mandy's manga minute. I, I just realized I haven't yeah. been putting I haven't been moving the thing down the board, which is uh, continued failure on my part. Uh, if, if, if if this was my job, like for real, I would have been Man, fired. Man, I put so much work into those two. <laughs> God, I'm just kidding. I'm so sorry. All right, and then we're gonna be talking Japanese food, and of course later. Violet Evergarden. So stay tuned, guys, and we'll be back in a minute. Bye. friends out there, it's Mitsugi, and it's time for your anime news break. Leading us off today, we have more from Stan Lee. Stan Lee had previously filed a $1 billion lawsuit against POW Entertainment for using his name without his permission on social media platforms. He claimed that the company stole his identity and was 
making posts on social media without his approval, and we had discussed this on the podcast previously, well, Stan Lee has decided to drop his $1 billion lawsuit against Power Entertainment. Lee, uh, Lee commented that he is, quote, thrilled to put the lawsuit behind him and continue to work with Power Entertainment. He described the lawsuit as, quote, confusing to everybody, including myself and the fans. And me also, because I don't know how a $1 billion lawsuit can just vanish. It's either a massive transgression or it isn't. But uh, it looks like Stan Lee's looking forward to working on additional projects with Pow Entertainment. So at least we'll have more of that in the future. Next up, manga creator Osamu Tezuka definitely put out tons of manga, including a bunch that weren't ever released and are being discovered in desk drawers and all kinds of places. And lately, the publisher Ditosha is the latest to gather a bunch of Tezuka's works. This time they're collecting the works of Dust18 into a single 400-page book. The sci-fi manga was originally in Shonen, Weekly Shonen Magazine way back in the uh, 70s. The story takes place after a plane crash into the side of a mountain, a mountain that is revealed to be the origin of human life. The majority of the plane's passengers die in the crash, except for one lucky 18-year-old person who is saved by the power of the mountain. Their luck runs out as enemies from another world arrive to kill those that were supposed to die in the crash. So, if you're a fan of Tezuka, it looks like they're going to release this, this work in some capacity, so look out for that coming out in the future. Next up, well, Hello Kitty and Sanrio have been doing collaborations with all kinds of different anime properties in the last few years, including Fullmetal Alchemist and Yuri on Ice. However, now they are going to be doing a very unlikely partnership. Pop Team Epic is going to be collaborating with Hello Kitty to put out t-shirts and other merchandise that will be available at Comiket 94, which is next month. There's a t-shirt of the little twin stars from Sanrio holding Papuko back from attacking the Takeshobo building, which is a gag in Pop Team Epic. And uh, if you're interested in Pop Team Epic or Hello Kitty, this is definitely going to be some kind of a limited release item that'll be only at Comic Cat, so you might want to peel your eyes for that one both online and at the actual event itself. And lastly, Funimation has announced that they are going to be doing some screenings of Cowboy Bebop Heaven's Knocking on Heaven's Door, which is the Cowboy Bebop film. It is going to be showing in on August 15th with English subtitles and August 16th as an English dub. The film originally opened in Japan in 2001 and screened in the U.S. way back in 2002 and 2003. So if you're a fan of Cowboy Bebop and you missed out on the first time this was airing, well, now you have another opportunity. You want to, maybe you want to look out maybe on the Funimation website to see where exactly this is going to be airing. This is Mitsugi, and this was your anime news break. Now, time to get back to that podcast. Hey, Mandy, you look troubled. What's wrong? Butts. Uh, excuse me? It's all of these anime boy butts. There's just so many of them. I can't decide what's my favorite. I- I've tried to categorize them by firmness, bounciness, rotundness. Okay, okay, okay. Two things. First, you may need some serious help. Second... Why don't you go look at the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast website? Uh, can that help me get to the bottom of this? Stop. You know, puns are my thing, right? Also, no, it won't help you with that at all. You are beyond help. But on our website, you can find all our past shows, along with reviews and trivia. Sign up today, and you'll have access to our Hobby Addicts and Hentai episodes. Hentai episodes? So I can hear other people review butts for me? Uh, sure. I, I guess if you want to look at it that way. Now that's something I can get behind. 
cheeky. Hey, Steve Bloom here, voice of Spike Spiegel, Vincent Valentine. Leron from Gurren Lagan, Gilman from Digimon, and a bunch of other crap. And I am a total anime addict, dude. <laughs> Tune in, or else. guys welcome back to the 430th episode of the animatics anonymous podcast i hope everybody had a good uh refreshing break dude this is a jam what the fuck you like <laughs> do you like this yes holy shit oh we got we got all new music baby whoa went on a tear good last stuff week. man damn <clears throat> all right so what is this intro trivia question uh i believe the question was that we asked before the break it is what unusual color is the hair of the main character of the anime Slam Dunk? Orange juice. <laughs> I thought I thought it was red, but I guess I my memory it was red is doing too. Well, a disservice. It looks orange in the anime, but it does look orange in the anime. He gets yeah. made fun of a lot too. They call him like a clown face and shit, all because <laughs> his hair is so like bright, yeah, bright colored. It's ridiculous, but hey, it makes him pretty swag though. <laughs> Swag. Swag. <laughs> How are you hearing this song anyway? Are you listening to it on the on the feed? Yeah, I have the. Uh, whenever you go on break, I have the YouTube stream open because I like hearing the news break. I actually like the news break you do <laughs> a lot. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, the news break's the most labor intensive part of the show, so. Well, well, well here you go. Might as well like Val- it. Validation yeah, for I you. I appreciate being... that. Yes. <laughs> but it's not the best part of the show because that's probably Mandy's manga minute. And, yes. Um, <laughs> It seems to be generating. I, Mandy has. Mandy has. Lo, no joke. Mandy has some fans out there. I, I've, dude, yeah, I, I have run into probably five people this week alone that have told me like, "Hey, don't, like, don't say anything. I'm kind of embarrassed, but like, I'm kind of Mandy's fan." Oh. And I was like, "What about my fans? Like, no, no fans." Mandy actually has a cult, though. Oh. I do have a, a mini cult. Yeah, you do have. No, a, we like, all just became really good friends, though. Yeah, but that's what that's what a cult leader would say. Oh, okay. <laughs> nothing. N- anyway, nothing nefarious <laughs> is happening here. I'm happening here. Move along. No, move along. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, are we ready for for a Mandy's manga minute? Yes. Please educate me. Wow. All right. Let's do it. I'm ready. And now let's take a minute for the manga minute with Mandy. It's manga time. Am I good? You're Am I good. good to go? Okay. So, Mandy's Manga Minute is where I take a minute to tell you about a manga that you may or may not have heard of and hopefully help you find something new to read. This one is actually pretty popular, but because we're reading it for Manga Club, I thought I'd go ahead and shout it out. So, um, this week we are doing Oyasumi Poonpoon. Poon Poon uh, Onodera is a normal 11 year old boy living in Japan, hopelessly ide- idealistic and romantic. 
Poom Poom begins to see his life uh, take a subtle but nonetheless startling turn to the adult when he meets the new girl in his class, Aiko Tanaka. It is then that the quiet boy learns just how fickle maintaining a relationship can be and the surmounting difficulties of transitioning from a naive boyhood to a convoluted adulthood. <clears throat> when his father assaults his mother one night, Poon Poon realizes another thing. Those whom he looked up to were not as impressive as he once thought. As his problems increase, Poon Poon's once shy demeanor turns into a voluntary reclusiveness. Rather than curing, um, him of his, or curing him of his problems and conflicting emotions, this merely intensifies them, sending him down the dark path of maturity in this grim coming-of-age saga. Uh, Oyasumi Poon Poon is a psychological drama by Inio Asano. Uh, he's been really popular in the manga world lately because his, his artwork is fantastic. And uh, he has some very harsh and um, startling stories that I think a lot of people weren't expecting. <laughs> and they're very, very adult. But um, it originally published in March of 2007 and is 13 volumes long. It received a jury recommendation at the 13th uh, Japan Media Arts Festival Awards in 2009. And it is currently ha it currently has a nine on my anime list with over forty four thousand votes, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but for manga, that's unless you're shonen, that's that's a lot of votes. I think like Monster only has like twenty thousand. How dare they? But, yeah, it's like that's really high for manga, and uh, it's ranked number five overall. Uh, the series also printed in English by Viz Signature in seven omnibus, uh, like these big omnibus volumes. They're like really, really nice and big books um the series uh the series definitely comes like with a few trigger warnings it's very adult content i wouldn't recommend reading it in like a public area if you're afraid of somebody like looking over your shoulder like on a train or something but um the series follows poom poom from childhood all the way up to adulthood and it's a very grim and dark outlook on growing up like in a bad household um the manga serves as like a sort of it has like a sort of unreliable narrator with Poon Poon and with him and like all of his fam like immediate family being depicted as simple drawings in a world that is packed with like amazing details. Um, <clears throat> and Neo Asano has like a unique art style where he incorporates photography into his work. So uh, him Poon Poon and the rest of his family definitely stands out. And uh, I wouldn't recommend the series to those who are weak of heart because it's very very depressing it reminds you that sometimes people do not always come from happy homes uh life events can really shape and alter a person's personality morality and sometimes life just really sucks but um even though you may end up uh, will most likely hate every single character there's still a lot to unpack and discuss in this manga, so I'm really looking forward to our manga club on it. Um, it's very fascinating, and I really think it's like a work of art. But um, yeah, the discussion takes place Wednesday 25th on our Discord, so you can join our Discord and check out our manga club channel. There you go. And hopefully join us in the discussion. And I've been doing watch parties for Crest of the Stars. We're um, we're on episode. Nice. Eight. We're we're almost we're we're getting towards the end of Crest of the Stars, which it seems like most people have seen. A lot of people have seen Crest of the Stars. Not as many as I would like, because I think it's a like an outer space masterpiece. But the uh, not many have seen Banner of the Stars, which we're gonna roll right into. So if you uh, if you've seen Crest but haven't seen Banner, jump on the Discord and you can join our watch parties. We pretty much do them uh, late at night, so it's, it's been fun. All right, so thank you, and thank you for that, Mandy. It's always no uh, problem. Oh. Yeah, that was nice. 
I love that. My nose and like lungs are so stuffed up today, so I'm like having difficulties talking. So if that didn't that sounded weird, I apologize. That sounded fine to Just me. Just don't die on us. I I I will try my bestest. <laughs> All right. So best of Japanese food. Oh god, there's so much of it. And I'm so afraid of this topic. Why? Because I'm so hungry. You just don't eat your <laughs> just don't eat your I fingers. I ate before or this, <laughs> for that reason. Uh, so let's get it over with. Oh my god, life is cruel. <laughs> There's so much Japanese food to be eat to be had and so much to be eaten, and none of it is around me in Florida. I have nothing good. I have everything I have mm. sucks. It's bad. Um, <laughs> unlike, but I will get to go to New York and I will be having all of the ramens. So yes, and some sweets and some sweets. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The um so let's so I broke this I broke this into three sections. Sweet, savory, and our favorites. Host favorites. Okay. Okay. So why don't we just channel your your inner Japan trip experiences and let's talk about the sweets in Japan that we like. Um what do you guys think? So my brain immediately goes to when we were walking out of Fushimi Inari, right? Uh-huh. Mm. And was it Fushimi Inari? I forgot where we were. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we were walking back from Fushimi Inari to a train station. Uh, um, or it might have been Miyajima. I don't remember. But we were walking back, and there was a cart of a, a husband and a wife that's making taiyaki, like fresh. You guys remember this? So oh, I do remember that. So I got the custard one. Yeah, they were making custard and red bean and Nutella taiyaki. Mm. Huh, that's unusual. And they made it literally right in front of me, and that... Ty- that Nutella Taiyaki was, oh, oh it's all it was hot. so good. They make it, it's it was hot so and hot gooey. and gooey. Oh my god, it was so good. I ate two. I ordered. I ate one right in front of them, and I was like, I'll have another one. So, <laughs> Give me another so, one. I just ate it right in front of them again. So, so, so was you it got like two of them? Yes, of course. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, was it a literal cart or was it a storefront? A cart. Okay, because Miyajima pretty much only has storefronts. So okay. it was definitely Fushimi and Ari because there are there is some stuff like was right. Was it after we finished we visited Kyoani? Kyoani is right next to Fushimi and Ari, so oh, that's probably it was that, it was it was that time frame. It was that that part of the week. It was probably Fushimi sure. and Ari. So because I remember Kyoani was less than impressive, like the building. Yeah, it's like you you mean the best animation, <laughs> they were closed. the best the best looking anime period came out of this crappy building. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> whatever. That's kind of cool. Yeah, but yeah, Duh. but yeah. So my, so it's for sweets. So sweets wise, taiyaki is probably something that my brain goes to because of how sweet that memory is to me. Oh, um, yeah. So what what about you guys? Like what what like when when the phrase Japanese sweets comes to mind, like what does your brain go to? Well, um, to me, it goes to crazy crepes. Crazy crepes. So Crazy Crepes is this is this chain of like crepe shops in Japan. You'll see them in Akiba, and you'll see them in Ikebukuro, and you'll see them you'll see them in various places where there's a lot of foot traffic. And it's not just a touristy thing; like Japanese people do it too. And you 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 watch them make these. Cre- you have to look look it up online to see the pictures. But so crepes in Japan aren't like crepes that you would get anywhere else, probably. So yeah. they're not like these folded up things that you eat with a fork and knife, right? So what they do is, they lay the batter out on this like hot on this hot um, cooktop, and then they they spin the batter around in a circle with this instrument, and it makes this super paper thin flat crepe, right? And 
then they fill it with whatever ingredients you want. So there's usually 40, 40 or so different varieties of crepe you can get, but they all have a combination of, a, of a, just a handful of ingredients. It's like whipped cream, strawberries, bananas, chocolate, kiwi, just some basic things. And what they do is they, they just immaculately insert the ingredients into this crepe. So, and it's and like, if you get, if it has cream in it and it usually does, it's real cream too. You can tell the difference. And then they roll it up almost into like a waffle cone shape. And then they hand it to you. And it's just like this, this almost like a waffle cone shape, crepe, ice cream cone full of cream and strawberries. And the best part about it is watching them make it and just smelling it as you, as they make it. And then if you're an Akiba, you're literally walking around like in this fantasy land of anime with a, with this amazing crepe dessert and just like licking the fresh cream off the top of it. And it's, oh, it's just, it's just, it's just amazing to have that, that kind of a food experience in such a great place like Akiba. So that, that, and I seem to get one every time I go to Akiba every single time. So that's, that's what I think about pretty much. Yeah. I, um, I had a crepe when we were walking in Osaka. I think we were walking through like one of the major, like the bigger streets that had like all the lights and stuff. I forgot what it's called. But uh, was that, like it, starts with, it started with it started with an S. What, an S. Was that after we did the the uh, the uh, spa world? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. I was with when you. We, that's, the same, that's the exact same. That's the exact same thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Exactly. We both got crepes, and the cool the and this is not a Japanese thing, but I just love that. Like, of course, Japan would have this. Is that when in the container thing that they give you for the crepe? You can like rip off parts of it as you keep eating it, so you don't have to like drag it out of this. Cause you know, like sometimes, like 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 they put it inside this cardboard sleeve, and then the sleeve you can't break it. Well, you can, but like there's no like, you know, it's not. What's the word? Per- perforated. 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 The little mm-hmm. holes. Yeah. In per- it. yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's not perforated, so you can't do it easily. Um. So it's annoying, but like of course Japan has like the most efficient way to eat this fucking thing, which is like you eat the top, you rip some of the the cardboard off, you eat more, you rip some more, yep. you eat the rest, and it's clean, and it's so yeah, it you don't get anything sense. on you. It doesn't melt. <laughs> it just makes sense. It doesn't melt. Yeah. It's just oh, it's so incredible. And they're not even expensive, right? They're like four hundred yen. No, no, I and I mine was stuffed too. Mine was like Nutella, banana, and peanut butter, and all this dumb shit. Oh, so good. Super I think good. that taiyaki is the only sweet thing I had in Japan that entire time. No way. Like I just wow. I don't know, <clears throat> but I do remember in Akiba this. they had Magikarp shaped taiyaki. Oh shit! <laughs> oh really? Shit! I yeah. missed out on that. Um, this wasn't in Japan, but there's a bakery by where my sister used to live that's like a little run by a little Japanese couple, and they sell red bean donuts, and they're amazing. It's just like these little donuts with red bean sauce inside of them, and it has like sugar on top of them. It's really good, very sweet. But um, there's a yeah. there's a whole bunch of different types of taiyaki. So, I've had I've had red bean taiyaki, which is which is the classic, right? Red bean is. Mm-hmm. It's so weird when you tell an American person, "Oh, this has red bean in it," they look at you like you're out of your mind, and I'm like, "That's it. that's my mom." I'm like, red <laughs> bean is a dessert. It's sweeter than anything you've ever eaten. It's like pure sugar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But whatever, red bean. That's is kind my of, mom. I, she's always like, "Red bean, ew! I don't like beans in my sweets." And I was like, "Mom, vanilla is from a bean." She Ooh, blows let her, her mind. She's let like, her know. What? <laughs> there you go. Case solved. Uh, Your argument you, is invalid. Mandy wins. <laughs> Fatality. 
Fatality. So, flawless uh, victory. Yeah, so you get the red bean taiyaki, which is the classic. But then sometimes you'll see them with uh, with like with with like almost like a chocolate pudding. Yeah. And then you'll see them sometimes with, with a cu- custard. Custard. Yeah, with like a vanilla ish custard. Super fucking good, man. It's oh. super good. And I've seen other ones as well that are like um like another vanilla sort of flavor, but it has on it has like a and it's another kind of bean that's sweet, but it's white. I, I can't remember the name of the bean, but it's it's also pretty good. But there is like an international market near me that has food from all over the world. Like it's a massive store, and uh, they have taiyaki there with ice cream inside of it, like vanilla Whoa. ice cream. I wonder, dude. I would love a mochi ice. Oh my god, a mochi taiyaki hmm. dessert. Um, Mitsugi, on the topic of taiyaki, I mentioned this on a hobby X before, I think, but. I I've, I've talked to you about my the triathlon I do. Yes, and we're doing in, it in New York. So in in New York, there's a, there's a shop called Taiyaki NYC. It's becoming more and more and more known and famous. It's lines out the fucking door most of the time nowadays. Um, but there they business. have it's yeah they have they have custard or red bean taiyaki, and then but but they leave the the <laughs> the fish mouth open. So that they could put ice cream on top. Oh, oh shit. I've seen those. Those look so yeah. good. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I took a whole bunch of the mods there when we when we were when they were here with me last. I'm gonna take Mitsugi when he visits me in, in August. Hell yeah. And uh, I'm so my my combo that I get now, dude, is um I get the custard taiyaki with mochi and black like black salt ice cream, dude. It, it's so. It's so good. Black salt so, ice cream? What's it, that? I forget. I'm oh, in. black pepper ice cream or something. I don't know. Some some flavor that I didn't think I would ever like, but it, it's all really good. Huh. So taiyaki is, is like super up there for me in Japanese sweets. I'm so how, how would it how would you like to own a business like that? Where where your whole business is I make taiyaki. You know, it's probably super high margin because you're buying the same three or four ingredients in huge quantities and you're so popular that you have a line out the door all day. How would it be to own a business like that? Life can't yeah, be better, dude. Life cannot be better. It couldn't man. be I, sweeter. I always, I, I always tell myself like, oh, nice one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always tell myself if I wasn't drenched in drowning in student debt, I would love to open just a small shop. That's all I want, man. I just want a social job, which is like owning a restaurant or something. But yeah, it's always in the back of my mind. Like once I clear my student loans, I'm drastically changing careers. I'm gonna probably open up a shop somewhere. For Enzo's like. ramen shop. Ooh. Enzo's way ahead of the game in terms of life. I think you're you have a, you have so much time and possibility to have a business like that. Maybe uh, you might have to leave New York City. Maybe not, but we'll see. Just because yeah, we'll it'd be just because we'll it'd be, afford, we'll be more affordable elsewhere. Um, this store yeah. by me also sells frozen Castella cakes. Those are really good. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so let's. The you YouTube didn't get anything just- on the break. The, no, I didn't. The YouTube oh, chat no. isn't with me. There's some people. There's so many people going. There's so many people going. Like, oh my god, I'm so hungry now. <laughs> Another thing uh, that you see in anime that is a real thing, actually, is parfaits. Parfaits in yes. Japan, parfaits in Japan are massive and elaborate, and there is a place in Ikebukuro that we walked past about 90 times called Milky mm-hmm. Way. Yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah, it's right on the corner this. by the station. That place has some nice parfaits that are not unreasonably priced and they're exactly what you see in anime. Like when you see an anime, when you go to, when you're watching an anime and like a little girl is eating a parfait that's, that looks like she'd probably get diabetes for sure after eating it because it's so, it's bigger than <laughs> she is. That is a real thing. Like that exists. 
you may have to spend 20 bucks to get that to get the giant one but that is a real thing it's gonna have ice cream maybe like a melon soda in it bananas fruit. graham cracker type things um just anything like crazy some crazy types of fruit which fruit for us is like oh whatever but like to them fruit is a big deal because it's so expensive mm-hmm. and that's a real thing like if, if you're if you're if you're a person that goes to japan because you want to experience like the anime life you know whatever that is there are a lot of things in anime that aren't real but the parfaits are real. That is a legit thing. They're exactly <laughs> what you expect. And it's so not disappointing. So I know what uh, else is real? Mr. Donut. Oh, yes. Mr. Donut's <laughs> really real. That's super, super, super real. <laughs> it's so real that I want it right now. I'm going to go get, uh, <laughs> while you guys are talking about Mr. Donut, I'm going to go get a plate that I won from Mr. Donut while I was in Jubal's living there. Hold on a second. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Cool. Um, I, I actually, I think I, I ate at Milky Way that he's talking about. I think at the time they had, um, horoscope themed parfaits. Uh-huh, of course. <laughs> uh, and obviously me being me, that's me being interested in that shit for whatever reason. I went in and got the Virgo one and it was, that's awesome. Hu- it was huge, 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 huge. I didn't get any uh, parfaits there. I wish I had. Yeah. I, I'm surprised you said that you didn't get as I, as many sweets i literally made it a point to basically wherever we went or whatever restaurant we went to i just ordered like one of everything so if there was like a dessert <laughs> menu a drink menu and, and a food and appetizer menu i got one of everything all right so that's yeah so show me this plate so okay so i'm gonna hold it up i'm gonna hold it up for the chat now <clears throat> the thing that that first of all mr donut owned dunkin donuts for a long time dunkin donuts is actually Ooh. a japanese oh. company I didn't know that. At least it was. So, like, that's why the the coloring and the branding for Dunkin' Donuts and, and Mr. Donut look almost the same. They're the same colors, oh, pink okay. and orange and whatnot. So, there's a very famous d- donut at Mr. Donut called the Pon, the pon de Dingu. It's like the Pon... I don't know what Pon means. Pon, I think Pon is like a ball, maybe. But it's like a ring. It's, it's basically a ring-shaped donut that is made out of little round balls. Think of, like, donut holes that are fused into a ring shape. But they're right. but they're chewier, so like they they almost taste like they have a little bit of gelatin in them. Like they're they're a little bit chewy, which is nice. That is really good. They can really nice consistency, and you can rip them off and eat and eat it in pieces, which is awesome. So and one of the mascots for Mr. Donut is this lion called Pon de Lion, and Pon de Lion. <laughs> rather than having like the lion's mane around his head, they they make his mane look like a Pon de Ringu donut. So I'm going to hold this up on, and for the chat if I can figure out how to get... There we go. So it says, the top of the plate says, it's donut time. And it has the pond, it has the pond de dingu lion. I'm trying to... There we go. There we go. Now you can see it. And it says, for the 50th anniversary of, of Mr. Donut. And I had to eat... I, sh- I shit you not, I ate 50 donuts for this damn plate. Fuck off, no I way. I swear to God, over the, over the course of a month. 50? Over the course of a month. You had to do it in one month. And oh since God. I lived there, you know, and I was teaching at schools that were near a Mr. Donut, I would go down there between during my breaks and just get a donut, you know, and just, you know, they're, they're cheap. They're like 60 cents a piece. And so you get a donut and you get like a, a stamp on your card or whatever. And Japan does uh, this a I lot. See. They'll do these events where you have to buy like... 7-Eleven would be like, oh, you have to buy 20 pieces of bread or whatever, Seven, 20 different bread-related items, and, you, and then you'll get like some, I don't know, like a, um, like, like a didakuma. I, I have a didakuma plate, too, that I won from 7-Eleven. But this one, this, this 
Ponde Dingu Lion is especially special to me because um, the amount of like sugar I had to ingest to get it, and it's so cute. <laughs> so yeah, Mr. The lion is, is great. super cute. That that lion, that mascot is so kawaii. He like, is kawaii. Oh my god. Yeah. Kawaii. <laughs> the other thing in Japan that plate. kicks the shit out of the out of the United States that we like for me, I think Mr. Donut beats the crap out of Dunkin' Donuts. But okay. for me, also Baskin and Robbins in Japan crushes the hell out of Baskin and Robbins in the United States. It isn't even. I can only. It is that makes sense to me somehow. It is not mm-hmm. close. When you order a like a, like a sun like a Sunday or something in America, they just kind of slap slop yeah. it all in there. You know, they're like, oh, it is haphazardly throw the ice cream in, then we'll just squirt some random like chocolate sauce or whatnot. In Japan, I swear to God, I've watched them. If you order a parfait from, from Baskin Robbins in Japan, they even use little tweezers to perfectly place the different shit all over your all over your Sunday. It's like they're making art. I'm not even kidding. Dude. Not only that, they have flavors that are more fun. So my favorite flavor at Baskin Robbins is called Popping Shower, and it's been the number one. I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's been, it has been a long time. <clears throat> it's been the number one flavor in Japan for years. They do a survey every year, and they have like rankings at Baskin Robbins, and they will rank their ice cream flavors, and they'll, they'll even have them on like things you can pick up before you order, so you can see what the favorite flavors are. And Popping Shower is always number one. It doesn't taste super interesting. It's kind of it's almost a vanilla flavor, but it has pop rocks in it that are multicolored and they're like really oh powerful God. pop rocks. So when you when you when you're eating it, it has a nice flavor, but it's also like popping in your mouth, thus the name popping shower. <laughs> and it's very it's really fun. And that's a flavor I've never seen anywhere else. That's a Japan flavor only, popping shower. I don't eat <laughs> ice cream often. It, what is Baskin Robbins? How is Baskin Robbins like compared to like Cold Stone? Uh, it's different. So cold, like Baskin Robbins doesn't mix the ice cream with the toppings in front of you. So mm-hmm. that's what that's that's the attraction to Cold Stone. Cold Stone, you go and you say like, I want a Reese's Sunday. Yeah. So they take Reese's cups and they chop it in front of you, and then they mix that into like the ice cream flavor you picked. Um, taste wise, I think they taste just you know they taste. They're both good. Like. I don't think we good. have a Baskin Robbins anywhere near me. Like I know what it is. I don't think I've ever been there. Yeah. My favorite Baskin Robbins <laughs> flavor is apple pie a la mode because hmm. that shit huh. is good as hell. It, <laughs> that is good. <laughs> it's also not that surprising that Baskin Robbins is in Japan because I'm pretty sure that there were a lot of uh, stores that would have Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins together. So there's some kind of an affiliation there. Hmm. But the the thing about Baskin Robbins that's unique is that they in Japan, at least, they actually always have 31 flavors in the store. So... There's just a huge breadth of flavors you can get. So yeah, it's a, like it's a lot. Like you can, and my favorite thing to do is just get like a waffle, like a big waffle cone, just get three scoops of the three different flavors and just get in there. It's a good time. Does anybody else have any more desserts they want to talk about? We have so much savory to discuss. There's, um, I do like I see you listed here. I do want to talk about mochi. Mochi to me is so satisfying. Oh, it's good, mm-hmm. especially especially when it's really nice and cold, but not cold where it's frozen, but cold where like it's just cold and like you can still bite through it really easily. Yep. Um, mochi is uh, how do you even describe mochi? Mochi is like a pound a of rice. S- yep, it's rice, yes. and they pound the shit out yes. of it until it turns into like a jelly almost. Yes, exactly that. Um, 
I love I love I love matcha mochi. That's oh, my favorite. So good. Mochi ice is, cream mochi is really good. Ice, yeah, yeah. I also love ice cream mochi too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's when I get ramen here in New York. If the dessert menu has the option for green tea mochi or whatever matcha mochi, oh, I yeah, always so I always good. get it Go because for it. after after a nice bowl of like hot ramen, oh, it is so satisfying to yes. finish your beer. You put that beer glass down and you just bite into a cold ice cream little mochi bite i'm checking the temperature (laughs) Um, i'm checking the temperature of st petersburg florida in my phone because i really want to go get ramen now i did this damn podcast here but (laughs) but if it's it's 500 damn degrees outside i'm not gonna sakura flavored mochi is really good too Ooh, sakura flavor. Okay, I'll, I'll talk about this. Isn't in the sweet. Maybe we could use my little example right now to transition. But something that was really cool in Japan was sakura flavored soda. Oh yeah, Pepsi's doing that. Yeah, aren't they? like it was just pep. It might have been Coca Cola. Mm. It's probably Coca Cola, but it was it was cherry blossom flavored. Um, that shit was really tasty. Um, I remember having a weird moment when I, I first tasted it and then everyone kept asking me like, what's it taste like? What's it taste like? And I was like, it tastes like that moment when you just folded your clean laundry and everyone, <laughs> and everyone was so taken aback and they were like, how do you find that good? And I was like, I don't know, but it tastes fantastic. <laughs> it, it made me really happy. <laughs> You're cute. That moment when you fold your laundry. I don't, I don't really fold my laundry. It tastes like a moment. It's just like that moment. I don't know. I don't fold my laundry. Workout clothes, pajamas, socks, and underwear just get thrown into a drawer randomly. Everything else gets hung on hangers. Mm. So. I feel that. Yeah, I hate doing laundry. I don't have a big enough enough closet anymore. Otherwise, I would do that. I hate laundry. All right, savory. Let's transition. Um, I think I always say Japan has five foods, and that's about all. (laughs) There's, I don't know. I don't even know if I can remember them all, but I know there's five. One of them is noodles, particularly yes. ramen. Curry is one of them. Uh, all the variety of dons that you'll have, um, which is like mm-hmm. oyaku don. Yeah. Yeah, the rice bowls, right? Yeah. Yes. Then there's like tempura foods, and then there are like hamburgs and shabu shabu. That's pretty much shabu like shabu. the five foods. That covers practically everything. Um, but it kind of does, yeah. It really does. It's, it's. Aside from sushi, you didn't mention sushi. That's true. Sushi, I, I might have mixed two together, and sushi should be in there. But let's start with the yeah, noodles. Sushi. Like, the, there's ramen, there's udon, there's somen, there's soba. So, yeah. do we have, like, obviously my favorite is ramen, without a Me doubt. Me too. Hardcore. Like, like in its own league of, of category of favorite. But bef- yeah. Enzo, before we gush and gush and gush about ramen and how much we love it and want to bathe in ramen and want to, you know, like, just... Just I want to the day that I die I want to be laying in a bathtub of ramen. The, yeah, boil I'm, my body in a in broth. Yes, and eat me. Boil my body in broth and take a bite, baby. What is Mandy's favorite types of noodles? Because I don't want to dominate the conversation too hard. Maybe Mandy. I don't eat noodles very often. Like no, if, that's that's what. I I don't like I like I like ramen and if I went like with a friend to a ramen shop I would get it but I would probably get other food over ramen. <laughs> I just I'm not a crazy like noodle person. Listen, I understand. There, I don't. I'll, I'll listen. I, <laughs> I'll admit. <laughs> I'll admit that sometimes, like I go to just like a, a Japanese restaurant that like is primarily a ramen shop, and I'll get like katsu curry instead because that's, that's just good. what I'm feeling that day. But uh, ninety-five out of a hundred times, I am at a ramen shop to slurp on some shit. So. Mm. But that um, 
Ebby something udon that we got at that one store at that oh, one. Do you dude. know what I'm talking about? That store that we went to that was so that one udon shop we went to like yeah. three times at Indica Bukuro. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So udon to me is it. It's I. I mean I love it. Um. But for so for some reason I associate udon with like bolder toppings. Mm. Um. So so if I want like if I want to eat like kind of heavy and not just like very not heavy. really care. About, yeah. If I want to eat like kind of heavy. But still want like the the noodle broth feel. I go udon because ramen, ramen like ramen's more like satisfying to my soul <laughs> than, <laughs> than like oh that sounded so shitty to say. Uh, it, it's more satisfying to my soul than to like really making me. Feel, I eat a lot, so ra- a one bowl of ramen doesn't really like fill me up usually. See, that's I, I my just, problem. I yeah. barely eat. Yeah. So I usually like whenever I order ramen, I definitely get like a like a like a onigiri or like uh or like some tempura shit to like fill me because mm. ramen is just satisfying it doesn't really fill me up but udon um uh, for those people that for those guys out there that don't know is uh it is a noodle soup but it's way thicker oh noodle. it's the heaviest like, noodle the i think you'll ever find yeah the noodles are super thick they're like, you very can pro- thick you yeah can, you probably only get like 30 noodles in your in your bowl oh, if dude there's no way it's way less than that yeah, because they're yeah, really yeah. long too. I, actually, yeah, it's probably more yeah, like fifteen. Th- actually, I would say. Yeah, you probably get fifteen really long, thick noodles in your soup, um, and on top of that, most of the time when you get toppings on udon, they're like, they're like big chunks of shit. So like, I mm-hmm. like fried karage shrimp. udon. Yeah, like fried tr- this fried shrimp and this fried chicken with this karage, and like it's just like little like chunks of like fried chicken on top of the noodles. Yeah, so, that's what I got at that one store that we went to. I got um. It had like fried shrimp and there was an egg in there and uh, yeah, really, really thick noodles. It was really good though. Yeah, so like that's I go I get udon very rarely, but I know I know when I want it. It's when I it's when like a restaurant doesn't have a lot of a lot of like side dishes that I want and I'm really really hungry. So like I will sacrifice the ramen to get the udon with like an extra topping and then that'll fill me up for sure because the noodles are so thick. And the toppings, like I said, are usually like chunkier. It's like it's like a chunkier bowl of noodles for sure. Mm, you know what? I, I do like yakisoba though because it has more like kind of spaghetti yeah. type noodles. Yeah, for sure. Chicken yakisoba is really good. Yeah, and that's the and that's we had yeah. And Mitsugi diligently had soba listed next or on oh. this list. And yeah, soba. I uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Soba, you don't. It's not a soup. No, not right? usually. It's you, usually cold like, too. Mm-hmm. Right, it's it's yeah, it's cold, and you you eat it on a plate, and they're very thin noodles. They're not as thin as like angel hair pasta, but uh, it's like spaghetti. I think they're also much like, healthier. It's like, the, it's like the healthiest noodle, like because it's buckwheat. Yes, hundred mm-hmm. percent. It's a lot I'm of fiber. Sure I've had I've had like black bean soba a lot in my life. Pretty sure, um, it's good. Super fucking good. Yeah, soba soba though good. is like. And when you get soba noodles, usually there's a substantial number of side items that come with it because the noodles themselves are, aren't that, they're very thin and they're not very heavy. So like if you were just to eat a bowl of soba, it would be unbelievably unsatisfying. So there tends to be... Not for me. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, it's good. So like the, so usually usually they'll give you like a bowl of soup that has no, nothing in it. And some, maybe it's some onions or something. And then... I see people, they will pick the soba noodles up out of the little soba bowl, which oftentimes has ice in it also because they want it to be very chilled. And then I'll yeah. see people dip the soba into the soup and then eat it, which is just how they do it. 
how I've seen people do it. But usually there's like some kind of sides like rice or a plate of um, tempura vegetables and shrimp, which is very common. And um, mm. it's really good. I like it a lot. Another one yeah. is... I'm, yeah. I'm not familiar with somen. Somen I've never one. had, and I think it's you only eat it during holidays mostly. That's the one you see in anime where they like put the noodles in like the wooden slide and then they catch it through the... Have you seen that? Where they like... Mm-hmm. Yes. In, yep. Through the running water. That's somen. And I, I think I, this last episode of second season of March comes in like a lion. They did that. I feel like they did it during a place promised in the universe, whatever the hell, a place further mm. than the universe. They did it also. Um, it's I've never had it, but I've I've I want to do it, but I've never done it before. So I, I'm lost in a world mm. of ramen, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm deep I'm deep in the ramen. Like, what would what would you say is your favorite type of broth for ramen, Enzo? Tonkatsu. That okay? Yeah. For, for sure. That's a very, like it's, very well-liked one. Um, especially, like, I recently went to a, a shop that, like, promised that, the like, the broth was, like, soaked. Like, it was, like, marinated, like, in with pork bone and everything for, like, 20 hours. Oh, that shit is good. God, yes. That shit is so fucking good. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Help. So, <laughs> I love a very garlicky ramen. But I also love so. Um, there's a place. There was a place near where I where I taught when I first went, when I first lived in Japan. I can't remember the name of the place, but they had a three garlic ramen that was unbelievable. Mm. It had it had garlic cloves in it. It had garlic, um, g- minced garlic, and garlic powder. I think as well. And it was like it was un- incredible. I mean, unbelievably delicious. And everything was on everything was on point besides that too. But man, you would stink like garlic for like hours afterwards. And, oh man! And like I'm fine with that because I love garlic and I'll eat it. Just you know, I'll, I'll even like take a spoonful of the minced garlic out of the out of the jar, you know, because I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. I but, think I saw you do that because there was a. I think I saw you do that because we went to like a, a no name shop like off the alleyway in Ikebukuro. Um, that was actually a, a shop across the street from the udon shop that me and mandy were talking about remember mm-hmm. it was like the shop it was they served a very garlicky like white broth oh, to us Smiths. Yes. yeah and i and i saw you just dump shit into that into that broth and i, was I like, want that garlic damn. bad and garlic is so <laughs> good for you shit. by the way good for <laughs> love you love that shit um but for me i also love a kimchi based ramen and i have not had i don't think i've had that's that a little less common but i love kimchi a lot and if you can find a kimchi based ramen i i I will probably try it just to see because kimchi is such a unique, distinct flavor that is, it's Korean, but Korea and Japan have small similarities between their foods. Like they often eat kimchi in Japan also, but the, um, yeah, so I love kimchi based ramen also, but I mean, I also love the others as well. The, uh, you know, the miso based ramen yeah. and the, yeah. And all I guess that. I'll, I guess I'll give more, more detail cause I, did, I thought you were just asking me like in general, but it's tonkotsu broth with spice. Like I like spice. I like Spicy, spicy tonkotsu broth. Um, that's a little thick, like a little, like like you can feel, like it doesn't feel like like water, per se. Like it feels like it has like a viscosity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the kind of broth I like. A really like like a creamy broth that turns kind of orangey because it's spicy. That's that's my shit. Yeah, I don't extra meat. I don't top. want a thin. Yeah. I don't want a thin broth. Me neither. To be honest, I don't. You know, I want that shit to be cloudy. I don't want to. I don't want to even see through yes. it. I want to. I want to. I want to put my chopsticks chopsticks into this mystery, 
in this mystery land that is the bottom <laughs> of my bowl of ramen. And I, and I don't want to know what I'm pulling out until I pull it out. I don't want to see it ahead of time. I, I, I want that broth to be so thick with, with spices and, and, and oil and whatnot that I can't see what's in there. And, when you, and if I yeah. can see the bottom of my bowl of ramen, that's some bullshit ramen. Get that out of my face. I don't want that. Yeah, I'm Damn. with you there. I, I like that. I like that. That thick. That thick mystery. You know. Let's. Yeah, you like it thick. I know. L- let's. Thick, thick, let's move on um, because we can come back to ramen later. Hey, did you guys have any hamburg steaks while we were in Japan? Uh, I did. I did. Oh, you um, did. Some people hate hamburg. How do you like it? I um I had it with chiaki and a whole bunch. Of, I was. I think it was like me and just like all the girls we went to. <clears throat> Minus me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I think you were there, Mandy. I didn't have Hamburg. Uh, no, you. No, I mean, I was the only one that had Hamburg. Oh, right? oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, Where'd you do that, Don Quixote or or not Don Quixote? Um, um, Bikuri, uh, Bikuri Donkey it, will have it. It was a sh- it was one of the shops in in the subway station. We okay. ate during we ate during one of those times where we had to wait like an hour for a train. Got, um, gotcha. Yeah, so it was. Like, I'd rather have an American hamburger. <laughs> okay, yeah. Some people don't like it. Hamburg, hamburg, let me describe it real quick. Hamburg steak, they call it, is neither a steak nor a hamburger. It's Correct. basically, it's closer to a hamburger patty that is just chilling without a bun or anything. Without a bun. with It ain't got nothing. So sometimes they'll put like a gravy on it and sometimes they'll put like cheese on top of it or onions or something. But it's basically a very tender piece of ground beef that is probably like five or six ounces and then you would just it's so tender you can slice it apart with your chopsticks and pull it and break it apart and eat it i like it um that's something i'll get at a restaurant that if it's if it's one of those like bikuri donkey type restaurants that just serves hamburg and some other like basic things i'll get the hamburg because i want the protein fills me up makes me feel better and it's not that expensive but some people hate it like they hate the shit out of it like cram Cram will not eat hamburg. He's like, give me a damn steak, huh. and I don't give me that hamburg bullshit. I want a steak and nothing else. But <laughs> for me, I'm fine with the hamburg, you know. So, but some not everybody likes that. Yeah, I don't hate it. I just like, I would just order something else next time. Like, I'm just not gonna I get gotcha. that again. But I didn't hate it though. There's just other things I would rather eat. Did either of you have shabu shabu while while you were in Japan? Not in Japan, Neg- but I had negative. It I've had it here, but not in okay. Japan. Yeah. Same. They tend to hate foreigners at shabu shabu places because we eat way more than Japanese people do, and <laughs> the prices for the for the all you can eat shabu shabu is like way and definitely not high enough for a bunch of foreigners because you'll just eat them out of house and home, and you and they actually get mad like eventually they will they they will sort of low key stop serving you at some of those places because damn I mean when you're when you've when you've eat when you've surpassed like twice what a Japanese person would eat they start to realize you know this this business model doesn't really work with foreigners because. They're gonna. Their appetite is a lot bigger. They're used to eating bigger portions, and they're just gonna eat us out of out of. They're taking a loss on you. So yeah, they they take the L with us. Yeah, sure. they take the big L. So there's no P and L. Kind of like all you can drink at uh, karaoke. Yeah, <laughs> yes. they fucked well, up. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I mean, Japanese people can drink, can drink. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, but can they drink like a what whole bunch of Americans? <laughs> In a fucking karaoke bar, living their otaku dreams. <laughs> You're riding high, that, baby. You cannot see an inch of that table. So <laughs> All right, well, since, well, that since, table was just covered in glasses. Since you guys, as long as you're having a good time, um, 
since you since since we don't since neither of you have really done shabu 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 is pretty much like where you would get like a plate of really thinly sliced beef or pork and then you would lay it on like a on like an open cooker and you cook it yourself and then you pull the pieces off and you eat it basically and a lot of the times it's all you can eat but it's if you guys haven't done it we can move on how about um how about curries uh, we've done i've done it here yeah do you enjoy it there's shabu shabu places here it's kind of a dumb question to ask you if you enjoy it because I feel like it's almost impossible not to. But do you enjoy it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was really good. It's like yes, uh, yes, it was I also hate. By oh, where my sister lives, there's like this little like area. Just I don't know. There's just like every shop is run by a Japanese family, <laughs> and there's like a little shabu shabu place there. Yes, I hate having unlimited meat. <laughs> um, Curry, did you did you both Love were it. you both able to catch Koku Ichiban while we were in Japan? Yes, the first night we went, that's when I met you guys. That's when I started talking to you guys the first time because we because we correct me if I'm wrong. We got to our hostel, right? So Airbnb. We got on got to the Airbnb. We left our shit, and then me, Mitz, and a couple other people went straight to Koku Ichiban to eat. It's so right? good. That's what happened. Yeah, it's, fan- that. yeah. it's fantastic. Um, the that reignited my love for curry that I still have to this day since the trip. I will never say no to a katsu curry with white rice. Uh, that's that's classic. With especially when you get katsu curry and they definitely give you chunks of potato. Oh I yeah, hate dude. When I, I hate when I don't get chunks of potato. That makes me. Oh, so they upset. will always give you the give you that chunkiness. Yeah, I love that shit, man. Katsu curry is one of my favorite dishes of all time. How about you, Mandy? How, how did you did you have a chance to try the Kokichiban? How did you like it? Not in Japan, no. That night when we got when we've got to our uh, Airbnb, I passed the f out and uh, I was gone. Enzo, to the world. Enzo, <laughs> we need to yes. we need to correct some of these things for Mandy next time we go. I know. Um, I don't know. She missed. Like, where was I in all this? Why did I Why did I not just drag you to? <laughs> how did our girl? Because I was dead to the world. How did our girl miss out on sweet on on many of the sweets and go and the curry? That's yeah, inexcusable on our part. We need to rectify that. Forgive us, forgive us, yes. Mandy. Nah, I I've made my own curry, but I've never had curry somewhere else, like at a restaurant. The um so Koku Ichiban, for those people that don't know, it's a curry chain in Japan. It's usually frequented by businessmen who want to eat some curry really fast and then get out of there because they only have about like eight minutes to eat because they're well mm. their business their work life sucks. And, or they're like, or they have like five minutes between a tr- like while but before like their train comes and they want to be able to eat in five minutes, and or you can just eat there and take an hour, you know, whatever you want to do, which is kind of my approach. But there's a huge menu of curry, and there's just an intense amount of toppings. You can get onion rings, you can get fried squid, you can get clams, you can get uh, you can get pork, you can get fried pork cutlets, which is katsu, you can get vegetables, yeah. you can get cheese, you can get you can get scrambled eggs on top of your on top of your rice, which is what I do. There's there's like five pages of options. And then of course there's lots of other stuff as well. But there's also ten levels of spiciness at Koku Ichiban. And Ugh. I like spicy food, oh, but yeah. I won't go past like a three because it really does get spicy. I don't know what spice they use, but it doesn't, it really affects me a lot. And if I got like a five, I guarantee you I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to eat it. So I I tend to get like a two or a three and then it's, I think I got two. Yeah. And then there's always that hard ass that gets like an eight because they want to act tough and they're probably dying inside, but they want to, but they won't ever admit it. Is it all spicy? 
Didn't Kazuo get like a 10? Kazuo doesn't even like spicy food. Uh, it was probably Mason like that got the 10. Oh, mm. Mason probably got like a like Yeah, a I don't like spicy food either. <laughs> I do I I do like spicy food, but you know, I I eat pepperoncinis like right out of the jar, but um yeah, the the spices at the curry place is really intense. But I usually get the fried pork katsu with katsu curry with with the vegetables and then I'll ask for Oh yeah. And then I go "Purasu scrambled egg." And they like and they'll 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 scramble an egg. And they'll pour it on top of your rice, and it kind of hard. No. It kind of hard. What? It kind of hardens onto the top of yeah. So, imagine you have this amazing bed of like short grain rice with your curry, because you you always have short grain rice with your curry. Yeah. And they'll put the egg on top of it, but it's they do it in such a way that it's that you can imagine that, it, that it's almost liquefied when they pour it when they put it on, but the rice is so hot that it immediately cooks it, and it takes the shape of the rice on top. So it's literally like the top of the rice is scrambled egg and it's incredible. And I always get that because it's only like an extra 50 cents. It's like 50 awesome. cents. Yeah. It's like 50 cents extra. And I'm down. I'm always down for that. Um, so Koku Ichiban is really good. They, um, they also make an apple from a Vermont apple curry that you can usually find at like an Asian supermarket. And the apple from Vermont mm-hmm. curry is really good. Japanese people swear by it. And if you can find, if you can find that, I recommend trying it out. It's really good. Um, how about the dons? Because this is what Mandy likes. Yeah, these are my favorite. So what do you like, Mandy? <laughs> my favorite is unagi don. I love eel. Eel is like one of my favorite foods in the world. Wow. Uh, but um, unagi don, katsu don are my two favorites. <laughs> okay. But uh, did, did you go to Katsuya while you were in Japan? That's a chain that they sell katsu, katsu don, basically, and that's about it. No, we had some at some place inside the yeah. train station. Where did we go? I know it was me, you, and there were a few other of the guys there. It could have been on the way to the Spirited Away bathhouse because we changed changed many trains, but maybe not. I don't remember. It was... I They got some really nice katsudon though there, um, but I don't remember what the name of the place was. It's a very common food. Hmm. Oh, Mitz, what, what was that chain that you took me to? Skia? Skia. Yes. That's beef bowls. That, that'd be gyudon. Yes. Oh, that's gyudon? That's, those aren't dons? No, it is gyudon. They are, right? Gyudon. Yeah, dude. That, that, that. Oh, it's was incredible. Some good fast food. Oh, it's freaking yeah. amazing. <laughs> that was some good fast food. Holy S- shit. Skia is the other thing I have to eat at least like three times every time I go to Japan because I love it so much. That's. Oh. Wait, so good. I mean, so the don in in like gyu don, katsu don, oyako don, don buri, all those different dons. They all, don just means like a bowl, basically. Mm-hmm. And so gyu, it's just something on top of rice. <laughs> uh, essentially, gyu means yeah. beef, so gyu don means beef bowl, literally. And it's it's like right. it's like a bo- it's like a ton of rice with shredded beef on top of it, very thinly shredded beef, with like uh, usually like a sauce with it, and maybe some onions or something. Oh, it's good. Yeah, the yeah. unagi, unagi oh, gosh, I can't talk. Unagi don is just eel like uh, fillets on top of rice. It has like this like sweet soy sauce over it. It's really good. Mm, that eel sauce, mm-hmm. oh. yeah, dude. One of my favorite sushi rolls. Just to transition a little bit to sushi. One of my favorite sushi rolls is sweet. It doesn't even have like it's. This is like vegetarian sushi. It's sweet potato rolls because they put that 
that sweet that that sweet eel sauce on top. Oh god, <laughs> dude, that eel oh, sauce is so, so good. The good. like international store near me sells bottles of it. I always buy wow. that when I buy eel. <laughs> oh, it's so tasty. I it's love so sweet good. rolls with, with the sweet eel sauce on top. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, don't. I uh, there's a place near me. It's it's a Vietnamese shop, but they do they do do dons as well. Um, and it's just do something about rice and beef and egg. It's just a perfect combination. Like, it's so super good. See, that's me. I'm a weirdo. I like things really simple. So just something on top of rice is perfect for me. <laughs> like, uh, the um, Japan, there's a Japanese, like, like restaurant near me that sells katsudon, but they also give you the option to do chicken on it, and it's really good. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's some good shit. But yeah, I, I just remember my dawn experiences in Japan were Yudon's askia because Mitz had to teach me a million times how to say like double extra uh, beef, <laughs> beef on top. Chumori, chumori, onegai Sanshu no cheese, Gyudon, chumori, onegai Yes, exactly. Three cheese, Gyudon, bitch. Yes. Give it to me. I want a, I want like a triple beef with cheese, baby, on top of rice. <laughs> I want it right now. Super fucking good. For free. I think I dumped mad hot sauce on there too. It was. Awesome. I love so skia. I love going to skia and sitting at the counter, and like no one, they kind of don't pay attention to you because they're just too busy eating their food. But they, I know that they wonder like, why the hell is this foreigner in here eating skia? And it's like, cause it's damn good and it's cheap. Oh, it's cheap. It's super cheap. I remember walking out being like, did we just? Was that free? Like, did, we, like, did we just eat like a beef bowl for three dollars? <laughs> It's it so, so good. And, oh, and the food comes immediately. It takes about oh instant. It takes instant. probably forty seconds to get to you. That's how fast it is. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I I remember specifically ordering, giving the lady our menus, me picking up the chopsticks just to like see them, and then boom, it was in front of me. Right, yep. and I was like, what the fuck? It's so <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. There's also Yoshinoya, which is the competitor of Skia, and they they sell most of the same stuff. But I don't. Really, I like Skia better. Um. Now we we have to do we have to review Violet Evergarden, and it's probably not going to be a short review. So in the interest of time, why don't we each give one of one of our favorite foods? It could be something we've already mentioned. Just one. Oh, well, the, the pressure. I mean, we'll we'll have a record breaking episode length if we don't if we don't just pick one. Mm. You can if if you really right. want to, you can do two. But I'm I'm just going to do one. I'm going to go first. Yeah. I'm just going to get out of the way. Sure. I'm going to pick one I haven't Go done before. I'm going to say Gadi Gadi Kun is my my favorite one of my favorite sweets. Gadi Gadi Kun is a is a Namune flavored ice pop. Mm, yeah. For those of you that Namune is a flavor that I only I've only seen in Japan. I don't know where else you could find it. Um, a lot of the a lot of the Namune like sodas are the ones that have the marble on the top. Yeah, I love them. And a lot of the can- a lot of candy has a damune flavor. And Gadi Gadi Kun is basically a popsicle that has like this crazy looking kid on the front of it that his he kind of has like a gorilla mouth. His mouth is like super wide and he's got this huge toothy smile. And a Gadi Gadi Kun popsicle is like it's literally like 40 cents and it's just delicious. And it and if it's hot outside, it's amazing. Like that is that's life life saving, honestly. In like in like, yeah, in like the Japan imagine. summer, and um, you just can't beat it for like fifty cents. It's it's too it's so awesome. And Gadi Gadi Kun, I recommend looking. And that's a that's an old old treat in Japan, very old. So 
That's that's what I wanted to say. And of course, we are we already know that I love ramen. And if I if I get ramen, it's always gonna, it's almost always going to have extra eggs and pork if they if they do it correct yeah. if they do it correctly. For sure. I um. So I'll go. I'll just do my like. Uh, if this is available, this is what I get at a at a ramen shop, and it is I get a buns. So like the other day, I went to a ramen shop and they had katsu curry buns. So it was buns with. Uh, chicken i mean pork cutlet with the curry sauce on top which is super, oh. so i eat that really <laughs> quick uh i'll eat that i'll order another one if i'm really feeling myself i'll eat two of those and then i'll get my tonkotsu ramen with some spicy oil um extra egg extra pork and then i'll order noodles halfway through if i really need them um and then for dessert i'll eat my mochi oh i'll eat my mochi or tiramisu <laughs> which they usually have it's also got so many favorites um yeah and that's like that is like i could if i could do that every day without consequences i would do it every day because without damn, consequences that's, a, that's my happy place for sure yeah um i'll do one that we haven't mentioned it's uh called salmon o um ochazuke which is like a comfort food it's like rice and then on top you put on top of the rice you put uh like um shredded salmon uh, green onions. You could put parsley on there. You could put. Uh, I think some people do ginger, but I'm not really a ginger person. And uh, you mix it with mirin, soy sauce, and some salt, and then uh, you put a little bit of dashi in there, and then you pour hot green tea over it, and then you just spoon it up, and it's super good. And uh, yeah, that any nari sushi, inari sushi is. Mwah. I got it like every convenience store that we went to in Japan. I think if we, I think when we go to uh, Zao, Zao, which I think is the name of the restaurant where they have the where you fish, you, fi- you catch your fish and then they cook it for you right there, that which is what you were talking about earlier. I'm, I'm sure they mm-hmm. have, I'm sure they have um, sea, eel sushi you can probably get along with the fish. So, mm. anything cool. else, guys? Nope. No, I'm looking forward to this review oh, portion. I am friggin' hungry as hell now. <laughs> yeah, I'm so hungry. Oh my god. All right. Who wants to read the in show trivia? I, I can, can do, do it. <clears throat> okay, you do it then. You do it then. <laughs> so, our in show, uh, second in show trivia, which we will answer after the break, is What is the Japanese name of the star shaped rock candy often seen in Japan and sometimes seen in anime, including Stelvia of the universe and Spirited Away? All right, and when we come back, we'll have that and a review on Violet Evergarden, so stay tuned. everybody, Mitsugi's back, and it's time for your anime news break. Leading us off, Nintendo of Europe has announced that Koji Miyake will be the company's new CEO and chairman, and Stephen Boll is going to be the new COO and president of the company. These changes are following the departure of Satoru Shibata, who was the president of Nintendo Europe for the past 18 years. 
Just a pretty big uh, changing of the guard here at, at, at Nintendo. So Stephen Boyle was previously the managing director of Nintendo from, of France from 2001 to 2005. And uh, will probably do a pretty good job filling in uh, the roles of his predecessors. So Nintendo will keep on keeping on as most corporations do, but there has been a changing of the guard at both the CEO and COO level. Pretty big deal. Next up, we have some more Funimation news. Funimation has announced on Thursday that they have acquired the rights to screen the new Dragon Ball Super Broly film that is going to be showing in theaters in the United States and in Canada on in January 2019. So this is a film that actually revolves around Broly from the Dragon Ball Super universe. The film is going to open in Japan on December 14th, and Akira Toriyama made some comments about the film. Everyone, do you know who Broly is? He appeared only in past anime films and is ridiculously powerful Saiyan. I am told I only drew his design. At that time, I was mostly uninvolved with the anime, so I completely forgot the details. Even now, it seems Broly is still very popular, not just in Japan, but overseas as well. And because of that, the supervisor suggested, why don't we make a movie about Broly this time? So it looks like a Broly film will be coming out early next year in the, in the U.S. and in Canada. So if you're a big fan of Dragon Ball, Broly, or whatever, you're going to be able to watch this one on the big screen. So keep your eyes peeled. Next up, it looks like Dio Medea is going to be doing an anime adaptation of Kei Sasuga's domestic girlfriend manga. Mayu Uchida is going to be playing the character of Rui Tachibana, while Yoko Hikasa is going to be playing Tina Tachibana. Kodansha Comics, which licensed the manga for digital release, describes the story as, as being about a high schooler, Natsuo, who is hopelessly in love with his cheerful and popular teacher, Hina. However, one day at a mixer, he meets a moody girl by the name of Dewey and ends up sleeping with her. Soon after, his father announces that he's getting remarried to a woman with two daughters of, his, of her own, and who shows up is both Hina and Dewey. Natsuo's outrageous new life starts now. Sounds like a romance comedy with an adult flair to it. So uh, look out for that one coming out uh, when it does release in the future. Lastly, we're going to be wrapping up some uh, some Anime Expo news here. It looks like the uh, Society for the Promotion of Japanese Animation, or, JP, or SPJA, announced that Anime Expo hit its cap on, on badge sales. Uh, at 110,000 badges sold for attendees. And the turnstile attendance was more than 350,000, which is just crazy. They noted that there were 524 exhibitors and 1,700 volunteers, as well as 150 guests from the industry, solidifying Anime Expo, no doubt, as the biggest anime convention in the United States and even starting to rival Comic-Cat, which is kind of crazy. So uh, good good for Anime Expo. They also have dates set for the next Anime Expo, Anime Expo 2019 will take place next July from the 4th through the 7th. So, this was Mitsugi, and this was your anime news break. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, Mitz, what's the website? Oh, Enzo, you'll never believe this. What? Oh, no. JList.com is going to release a Church of Mitsugi PC game. Hello. It's called Moe Stomp Stomp Deluxe Edition. Deluxe? It's a turn-based RPG where you go on a quest to rid the world of Moe Girls. I commissioned it from JList. I didn't know JList.com sold anime PC games. 
Oh, yeah, Enzo. JList.com and JustUSA are the same company. They sell hundreds of English language visual novels such as Fate Stay Night and Steins Gate, and they have adult games as well. And Moe Stomping games. Moe Stomping is not a game. It's life, Enzo. Life. Right. Oh, I see. They have the new Mad Pompadour 12, Good Hair Days. <laughs> Let's get that for Kazuo. JList.com, your home for all your Moe Stomping and Pompadour game needs. Oh, and most other anime games as well. You know me? Of course! Welcome back to the podcast episode 430 of the Animatics Anonymous podcast. Jamming out here. Dude, what a track. All right, we had a trivia question. What is the name of the star-shaped rock candy often seen in Japan and sometimes seen in anime, including Stelvia of the Universe and Spirited Away? Well? Konpeti. Close. <laughs> is that what it's called? Konpeto. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you were close. Conpeto. It's like, so in Spirited Away, you, like the guy who runs the boiler, the furnace, has the little uh, the little soot sprites and he feeds them candies and shit. <clears throat> so. Conpeto. Conpeto. That's an old candy. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Just oh, looks like yeah. that sugar rock candy. <laughs> yeah, it's rock candy in, in like little ball shapes with little stars, star gotcha. shapes. All right. So, um. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a five-star review from iTunes, so let's roll right into it. It's time for iTunes review. And this review comes from not not Justin Golay, who writes, When you look at for anime podcasts, several will pop up. But this one is the one, the only one you need. The hosts work hard to create entertaining and thoughtful content. The chemistry between the hosts is unmatched. Even among podcasts that don't cover anime, meeting the team is literally on my bucket list. Oh my goodness. Oh shit. Well, not... Meeting you is on my bucket list, baby. Not Justin Golay. If we ever do a... <laughs> if we ever do a another Japan trip, you should uh, apply. So... You should submit the application and make sure you mention that I'm your favorite. Yeah, yeah that'll, that will that will definitely get you in in the door. It'll definitely work. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for your thank you for your, for your five star review. And remember, um, in our effort to in our conquest of iTunes, subscribing is important. So it takes no effort. And um, if you're not subscribed, you should please do so so that we can pass up the other podcast that haven't put an episode out in like five I want years. to be number one in the damn charts. Well, the, I mean, That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, <laughs> frustration mode, no, the number one podcast when you search anime podcasts not has not one episode that you can listen to. They're, they're, they have nothing. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, look it up. It's a joke. Like iTunes' algorithm is so busted, so 
Well, that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah, let's 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 fight to get us to be the the one that pops up first. Well, because then they got whoever finds us will have all the content ever. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing this for a long time, and I don't think we should be behind a podcast that has literally not one episode you can listen to. So that doesn't make any sense to me. So help us out, guys. All right, we have yeah. a, we, we have a review here. It's gonna it could be contentious. Let's see, uh, Violet Evergarden, which is a Kyoto Animation Netflix exclusive, which. Basically means um, it's going to be eye retina. It's going to be eyeball meltingly beautiful, and I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we want to, so we want to. If we want to start there, we can start there because I don't think, honestly, like this looked better than than a lot of anime movies that have the movie. I agree. Budget. I agree. This, like this, I, like. Everything had texture. Everything had a shadow. Everything moved smoothly. Everything flowed in the wind. I agree. The nature looked beautiful. The backgrounds were full and detailed. Like it was, and it's the eyes, gorgeous. Oh my god, the eyes and the jewelry. It, it is, was Ghibli esque. It was, dude. It was magic. I played. I remember. I, I finished this a while back. I I like rewatched some episodes today, and um, and. Pressing play again today, I was like, damn, what the fuck? Like, this is so <laughs> ridiculously good. Like, it shocked me again. And I already knew how good it was. So, um, yeah, so I guess if you, if you want to start about talking oh about that, God. like, uh, look-wise, it was beautiful. I also think the camera directing was very good, too. There was no... I never felt a single, like awkward frame for a dialogue being delivered delivered i i actually think that the the way the camera moved in this show was very fluid and made sense and they cut when it had to cut and there was n- and there was never any like any fan servicey like shot like of violet talking with the camera like you know like on her skirt or some shit i don't know it was always really good it, it emphasized a lot of um good things while dialogue was being delivered for a certain situation so i think animation wise Pretty pretty perfect. I don't know about you guys. Ten out of ten mm-hmm. on animation. Probably a, <clears throat> probably a probably close to a ten out of ten on music. Also, maybe a nine, yeah. maybe yeah. a nine out of ten or eight, maybe at least an eight out of ten on music. It was it was it was pretty. Uh, it was the music was pretty outstanding. You know, I mean, if Bebop is a ten out of ten on music, this is probably an eight. So, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I would give it. A, I would give it. I would give it a nine solely on the fact that. It wasn't very like this is so nitpicky. Honestly, I would give it like a nine point five out of ten, honestly, but only because it wasn't anything really innovative. It was just really beautifully grand. Right. Um uh but aside from the like the OSTs that were used that honestly were used with which with such like good nuance, um every scene felt full with the music. Like every like with the animation and the music swelling together everything felt really like full like a complete package in every single scene and then aside from the music i think the sound design of this show was really clear like the way they mastered the sounds of each episode super interesting because i remember there's there's a specific moment and i forgot what episode it is but like uh but do we want to give an explanation of what this anime is we kind of skipped over that oh (laughs) sure yeah we can I guess we just went into the into the art, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the sound design is really good. I guess we can miss if you, miss. This was your pick, no, nope. <clears throat> no, it was not. But, was it um, heck in Kazuo's? Probably Kazuo's. <laughs> uh, so Violet Evergarden is a slice of life drama by, like you said, Kyo Annie, and it's 
uh, was adapted from a light novel. Um, it's a story about a child soldier who has gone or has only known war for her entire life, being reintroduced into a post-war world and her emotional like reawakening. Um, takes place in like a fantasy world that has a bit of a steampunk vibe to it. And totally. just before Violet's major Gilbert passes away during combat, he leaves her with the words, I love you. And the story begins with Violet in hospital recovering from wounds she suffered during battle. She lost both of her arms and is learning to use her new prosthetic um, like metal hand replacements. And uh, the war has actually ended during the course of her hospitalization and her war wounds uh, have seen her medically discharged from military service. But... Um, so having no idea what to do with her life now, Violet decides to become an auto-memories doll. Auto-memory dolls are women who travel like around the world and write letters to people who cannot do so themselves. And through this profession, Violet hopes to learn what emotions are for the first time and what the words I love you actually meant. Yeah. So yeah, so quite literally the anime, I mean, it's it's much more than that. But at the core of everything in the show, it, it is a journey of understanding the words I love you. Um, and it's done very beautifully because I like, I like to think that, uh, love is not, love is very complex. What is love, love, baby? Yeah. What is love? What is love? Because love is such a grand thing, but it hurts so much. Like it's so, it's, it's a very complicated thing. And I feel like several, there's several versions of love. There's love between parents, there's love between, you know, lovers, love between brothers, there's love between friends. And a man and his Um, ramen. And a man and his bowl of ramen. I mean, you know? that is that's love. love that I, that's that is love right there. You know, but um, love is a many splendid thing. Love, lift us up where we belong. All you need is love. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, and like to me, like a plot like this is such a great premise. But I always get nervous when like a really good premise is presented in the first episode because I get worried that like it's gonna go all like generic anime writing and you know let me down. I found the writing in this anime to be really, really, really good, like really perfect because the plot moves along super organically and then it takes you on like a journey in the middle and then at the end it kind of wraps everything back to the beginning and reminds you of her past and everything. Well, what do you guys think about the way the story unfolds in this anime? Um, do you want me to go? Sure. Um, I found this show to be very fascinating from start to finish. I found the idea of mm-hmm. teaching someone how to cope with PTSD and leave the battlefield behind through writing out the emotions of other people to be very interesting. Um, it is a bit of a like slow burn though when you first start it off because the first episode, um, episode one introduces us to the characters and leaves us with a little backstory on like who Violet is and what she hopes to accomplish. And then episodes two through seven are where uh, I can see some people probably wanting to drop out because they're very episodic with each episode Super. having Violet mm-hmm. go to a different house and write a letter for a client. It's almost but Kino's journey-esque. Personally, I still found those extremely enjoyable for myself. Me too. And very important to Violet's character. Because each of those gives Violet a piece of herself back that she like is currently lacking. And um, from like regret to remorse to love to grief, 
And I felt that each of these episodes were important at putting Violet back together. And uh, sure. episodes 8 through 13 is where the story really starts to ramp up and bring Violet's past to a close. She confronts old memories using the emotions she has slowly started to piece back together from clients, as well as working with old um, like people that she knew <clears throat> during the war to bring down a rebellion. And overall, I thought, I just, I adored Violet as a character. Like, I loved yeah. her character progression, seeing her transform from this, like, completely emotionless person who has a lot of difficulty empathizing with people and desires nothing yeah, more yeah, than just a mission. she doesn't understand her own feelings. Yeah. yeah. And to this, like, person who could freely let tears flow down her face totally. was very rewarding for me. So. And not even just tears. Like, the like when she started smiling on her own, I thought that was mm -hmm. huge. It's yeah. very heartwarming. So I um, really enjoyed the, the how the story progressed. No, I, I, I agree with you there. I think two through, uh, two through seven, I do see how people that are, you know, that don't or like naturally gravitate towards character driven. Slice, like this is this is kind of like slice. slice. It's more drama. But like yeah. people that people that aren't driven towards like a uh, slow paced drama, like like two through seven is a challenge for them, for people that don't like it. But I invite you to, to keep going because, as Mandy said, these are all episodes that are that are fragments of uh, Violet putting stuff back together. But it's and and on top of that, it's also like all this all those things that Mandy mentioned are all like different aspects of what you will feel when you feel love. Like all these people that she goes to visit, they're all or you know they're whether they're hurting or they're writing for like a joyous reason. It's all at the root of it coming from the fact that like these people love this one person or thing, and then this one person or thing has been affected, and they need to write this letter to you know then express or invite or wrap up or you know put on hold something um so yeah so 227 is i think the emotional journey that uh violet needs to go through um to put herself back together to have a like groundwork understanding of love and the aspects of love and the consequences of love before she goes out to the final arc of the show which is where she like like you said mandy she goes back to to close out the, the loops of her past when she is then and it starts when she is then told that you know i mean i mean we can, it's not it's, it's spoiler for her but it's not spoiler for us you know this in the first episode that the <laughs> uh, that she finds out that the major dies that the major did die during the war and so that's what that's what triggers her to have to like face her past on top of like new issues that come up. So that's not an easy thing to write well. Mm -hmm. A lot of animes go do this arc where like cool, like emotionless character, not in touch with their emotions, not open, not not emotion available, and then they go through like a hero, like a pseudo emotional hero's journey to then put themselves together and then face their old problems that led them to be emotionless in the first place. Um, that is not a unique story. Like Violet Evergarden is not a fully unique story, but this, but this is an example of execution that is done at such a high tier of skill and talent mm -hmm. um, that it feels fresh and unique I also, because it's done so well. <clears throat> Sorry, I also want to mention that um, Violet Seiyu Yui Ishikawa also does Mikasa in Attack on Titan, and Whoa, I thought she did sense. an excellent job at portraying like a emotionless character but can still express intense emotions when called for i thought she did a fantastic job for sure yeah so that's so that's my take i think you and i so far are in line mm 
But Mitsugi, where are you at with the story? Well, here goes Mitsugi to ruin the party. <laughs> so um, this is, I'll just be honest. I'm always honest. Um, I mean, I don't want you to lie. If, if, <laughs> if I hadn't been watching this anime for the podcast, I would have dropped it by episode three. Um, mm -hmm. I was so bored during it. I mean, like, I get it. I get every single thing about this, about this anime. I watched the whole thing. I understand what it's about. In fact, I knew what it was about before I even watched it because the amount of conversation that happened about it, like tons of things about it were spoiled for me. Um, but I was, in, I was intensely bored. In fact, I watched one episode of this. I made the mistake of watching an episode of this. And before episode two even started, I, I was asleep and I slept for four hours. Um, that is not an exaggeration at all. I really did sleep for four hours and that made, that made finishing it before the podcast a very, a huge difficulty. In fact, I finished it 10 minutes before we watched Hobby Addict, before we did Hobby Addicts today. Um, I, I was very bored. I don't know if I'm not, I don't know if I'm just not in the mood for cerebral anime lately. And that could be, that could be part of it. You know, like I used to really get a lot out of cerebral anime, like, you know, Habane Renme. I used to do like deep dives on that, have conversations about what that was really about Etc. Etc. Right. But like watching Violet Evergarden, I was until episode eight. I was so bored. I mean, it was just it was actually painful for me. Um, and it didn't really help that, as far as I can tell, and feel free to shoot me down somewhere along the line here. But as far as I can tell, Violet and Kenshin are the same character, and I have a whole bunch of reasons why they're the same. And there's about ten things that, that are identical about their characters. Number one, they're both orphans. And number Wait, why are you making this comparison? Yeah, I mean, it's just I mean, a because like PTSD. I looked at it and I'm like, I felt like I was watching Ruin Kenshin. Like I, and in fact, I put a Twitter, I put a Twitter poll out. Like I said, is this? I said, should we call it Violet Evergar? Should we call it Violet? What, what was it? Oh, is that why you asked that question? Yeah, I was just curious. I said, should we call it me? Violet Kenshin or oh, Ruin Evergar? I was very confused while you asked me that question. I mean, I just yeah. thought, so, I just think that there's a very clear comparison here. Like, so they're both orphans. They both entered into the military very young. They both, wait, they wait, were both exceptional. Can I, can I ask you? Let me have my comparison. Why, wait, I'm not. Wait, I'm not questioning. The, I just want to know, like, like why. Is this to like support the show or like this the show? No, I just making an observation. I, I thought it was interesting oh, okay. how how cool. unbelievably similar the two characters were. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if the author of this of this manga had watched Rennie Kenshin and took like deep inspiration from it. So they're both orphans. They both and, and the comparisons are so clear clear throughout their entire characters that it's 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 it, it's worth mentioning. I mean. They're both orphans. They both entered into the military very young. Both exceptional tools, tools of war. They both lost a loved one in the war. They both have PTSD. They both pretty much live in the past, haunted by their demons. They both question if they're worth living, and they both try to atone for their crimes, but in different ways. Kenshin helps people, and um, Violet connects people through her letters. I mean, that they're literally the same mm -hmm. character from, from I would start say to end. Everything oh. you mention is pretty like similar for anybody who's been to war <laughs> i would say i would say it's a it's a very like all these things are like you know like in the context of like a, like the military thing is pretty unique but like it's just a hero's journey i guess i mean and but also like but the but at the core of their characters though like like violet violet's emotional journey is not kenshin's emotional journey because she is very specifically out to understand what the words "I love you" mean. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, and, that's a very specific thing. I'm, I'm not diving into like 
into the very specifics of it, but they're they're very similar characters. I mean, I guess they are. If you, though. If you, no, can, this, if you can produce, this is actually so weird. You pulled so many similar similarities that I don't disagree with. I mean, like. If you can pull a bunch of other characters for me that that follow that same exact fin- start to finish um, trend line in their stories, then you know I I agree it's just a war story. But you know right down to like the fact that they were entered into war and were used as tools by other people from like ridiculously young ages. I mean it's very similar. Anyway, I I fully respect this anime. Like I watched it and I'm like I'm thinking I am so bored right now. Like I didn't enjoy watching Wild Evergarden. I don't. I, I. I wasn't in the mood to think about it, and I don't find like what is love or PTSD to be exceptionally. Um, I don't relate to it, and I don't really find it Compelling. to be all that thought provoking, personally. But like, I respect the anime for first of all for how incredibly well made it is. Um, I mean, this might be the most well made anime I've ever seen in my life for a series. I, can you think of another show yeah, that no, looks that I, looks I, and I is assembled better than this one? I don't. No, I don't no, know, honestly. It doesn't exist. I mean, Rage of uh, Bahamut kind of is the only one recently that looks amazing in a se- for a series, but the, this one, this one is, is I mean, it's, it's only. I, I think to myself, like, th- is this what happens when the best animation studio in Japan combines with the added budget of being a Netflix property? And it could be. Like, this is just. I think so. Like, I really think so. I was going to touch on that soon. Yeah. It's like, hi, Kyo Annie. You already make the most beautiful shows. So, this was already going to be the most beautiful show of the season. Oh, but here's another $20 million, and you can make it look even better. <laughs> I mean, it's an anime series with a movie budget, right? And yes, so, it looks. I believe so. It looks and sounds undeniably like a masterpiece. Now, I think that whether or not you're going to like the show depends entirely upon. One, if you like episodic shows, which we all know I don't, and two, if you're into the subject matter, so and which I wasn't because I don't really relate to it. I mean, to me, this anime was a lot like um, Magus Bride. Looked beautiful, super gorgeous, but at the end of it, it was just too. Uh, there's like if you were to draw the like. I know it's like if I say this comment, someone's going to pipe in and go, and not necessarily you guys, but somebody will say, oh, well, it doesn't have to be exciting. But it's like if you were to if you were to draw like the pacing of this anime on a piece of paper, it would be a completely straight line with no uh, with no bumps or whatever at all. It's a 0.0 on the Richter scale from start to finish until you get to episode like eight and maybe episode 11 where like there's some war scenes. And then but other than that, like it's a lot like Magus Bride in which like it's like sort of a slice of life show that. I just wasn't interested in it. And I don't know. There's no real reason for it other than the fact that I just didn't really feel like watching no, a show. Yeah, where yeah, all you, the, got your prefer- you got your preferences. This, yeah. is why, this is why I don't watch the Mona Gatati anime because I don't want to watch a show where they talk, where they do nothing but talk. Like, I was just wasn't particularly interested in that. And so, like, it is what it is. I mean, so. I'm curious. What, what, because, like, I think your answer is, your your review is completely valid because like obviously to each their own. This could be a masterpiece and you could just not like it. And that's more than that's makes total sense to me. But I, I want to know like what what you what do you need in this show to, me, to for you to like it? I need there to be more like more moments of. It needs to not be so one note the whole time. I mean, like for me, the sh- like. It's like, oh, episode eight had some action. Well, that's great, but you know, episodes one through seven was sixty-five percent of the show, and it was almost the exact same tone the whole time. Like, 
It's like it's like listening to a lecture in college where the teacher just keeps going and going and going and never uses any inflection and never, uh, you know, does anything to engage the class. And you just sit there and you fall asleep while you're watching it. That's how it was for me. So, like, I guess mm. for lack of a better word, I wanted some more action beats. Maybe they should have spread the war scenes out a little more rather than just pounding me into the ground with, like, I'm going to sit here on this typewriter. And, and um, by the way, I don't really... I don't fully understand their profession in this because half the people that she worked for could read because she would hold the letter out and say, is this good? So I'm like thinking, great. Well, if the person can't read, then they obviously can't write a letter. But she'd like go, hi, can you read this? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's great. And then I'm like, so basically you're there because you just like they, they're not good writers. You know, it would make a lot more sense to me if all her clients were missing their hands or couldn't see or were not able to read and write. I see what you're saying. I see what but you're I'm saying. like, I think, her whole well, profession I, makes no sense to me, first of all. Not that that's the I think, point well, you, of the show, because it's you, not. Yeah, yeah. You said it. I think you said it yourself, though. It's it's not that people can't write. I'm sure they could. But it's it's the it's the fact that these... I, I personally hate the fact that they're called dolls, personally. Mm-hmm. But th- these dolls are extremely good at writing so i i assume that um, that's one of the one of my criticisms of it is that there's a lot of stuff in the novel that they left out the dolls does make sense if you dive into their past because the dolls were spoiler for a novel that isn't translated into english (laughs) yet uh they were originally like machines and then after the war women needed jobs they took over Oh, that's cool as hell. Yeah, but that I was like one of that. my criticisms is that they that's took dope. that out. <laughs> See, that's cool. <laughs> to me, that's cool. Damn. That, damn. Just, that would make the show even better. It just didn't me. seem like... A, it did, her, her, I get that the profession that, that was chosen doesn't really matter in the scope of the show, but it didn't seem like a good fit for me. One, because I didn't really understand why that profession exists. And two, <clears throat> she would never have been allowed to be a, for lack of a better word, stenographer type job you know she her whole job is like digesting someone's feelings and then understanding them and conveying them to paper but she herself cannot understand emotions so she 100% cannot do this job now i get that like that's not important and they mean they had her do it so she could go on this journey and she's like consuming the emotions of all these people and figuring it out as she goes but like if you can't understand emo- emotions particularly love then how can you work a job where your job is to write love letters and stuff for people? You can't do it. So like it was kind of not that not that this is again important to the show's like concept, but it was kind of a convenient thing that she was able to be in this job in the first place because she would never be allowed to. In fact, so much so that she's referred to as a ningyol about every episode in this anime, which literally means a doll, like a doll that a little girl plays with in her on the floor in her living room. Because she she's 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 has no emotions so like she she acts like a doll and they to the point where they where children think she's not real and like a person like that would never be allowed never would never be qualified to write emotional letters for people it just so i don't know that kind of i don't know it's not that important but that kind of bothered me throughout the whole course of the show i don't remember because i didn't watch the first episodes again but was there like a was there a training montage in episode they, two? They, Mandy? they go through some training and she fails because she can't write a uh, letter the way she's supposed to. And then she writes a letter later and gets handed in later. And then they they go back on her failure and end up passing her like later. But yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, you guys know I don't like, I don't, I don't, I haven't, I'm not into anime like this lately. And I'm, re and I'm reviewing and scoring anime based on how much I like them. And I was bored. I just was. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I get everything about it. It's not like I'm missing the point. I, I totally get it. No. But I just. Yeah, no, I'm not accusing you of no, missing no, the no, point no, either. I know. I, know you, I know you get I it. I know. I'm just, I, I know. I just, I, I just, I don't know. It just wasn't for me. It was beautiful though. No, I. I get it because that's how people react when I say I don't like your line April. So like they're just like, but why? I'm just like, because it bored me and it made no like the pacing was off. I get it. But like but yeah, I mean I I I think it's cool though that like even though like your like your preferences differ from like mine and Mandy's in on this case, um, you're you're still able to say the you're still able to say that you respect the show because you can realize how well it was made. Oh. It's going to get a decent score from me. It's just not going to get a five, which is what I think many, right. many people would give this a five. And I'm like, well, I was bored, so I can't give it a five. Right. But yeah, I still think it's a good show. Like, I mean, if I if, if someone asked me, I need a really cerebral show that is about like a person learning about themselves and learning like about emotions and becoming more of a more of a complete person. I'm like, oh, here's a great show. It's frigging gorgeous. You'll love it. It's called Violet Evergarden, you know, but like for the people that want to watch virtually anything else i don't know that i would recommend this so yeah a really quick someone in the chat was like why is a violet the only one that has bionic arms she lost this is very this is very easily mentioned in the show she lost both her arms in the war they got torn right <laughs> off <laughs> yep um yeah so um oh i just got no she's <laughs> this is someone, someone in the chat asked so she's a glorified receptionist that is a very inept, uh, not to insult the fan, but like, it, she's more than that. Um, she, uh, she, she's, she's a cross between a stenographer and an author. Uh, I think they refer to yeah. her as a scribe. In the uh, show. Yeah, well, her, her job, her job is like, is like, is like parallel to a scribe for sure. Cause like, she even does go do scribe work at one point, if I remember right, right? She does, she goes out to do scribe work. At, at one point, like with with the people at the observatory, am I wrong? Uh, mm. I know she worked on a play. Which part are you talking about? She does. She goes to an observatory with a whole bunch of guys, and they they have to transcribe. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I was right. like, damn, am I crazy? Yeah, that was months ago, though. So that's why I'm like, shit, did mm -hmm. I make that up? Yeah, you got it. But um. Yeah, so okay, so I guess like that's a, like a very general overview of the story. Um I think another strong point of the show is pretty much it's it's Violet as a character and her being, you know, the the main vessel of the show, but what I think makes the show super full is all the supporting characters because for everything Violet lacks, they all have semblances of these emotions that she learns from them. Uh, and this includes all the people that she has as clients and all the people that um, just that she meets just along the way. Um, I think, th and that's why I want to put more emphasis on the fact that th this anime was written so well because it is kind of not a small cast of characters even though you're with Violet the whole time. Um, every character that she, you know, talks to, encounters, um, and, you know, has to think about, they all seemed really, really nicely, like, um, they all seemed really nicely fleshed out, like, design-wise, 
um, voice-wise, dialogue-wise, everyone seems smart. No one seems stupid in this fucking show, which is which is really refreshing to me. No one seems stupid in the show. Everyone seemed like they were competent human beings, aside from the fact that a lot of them don't know how to write well. <laughs> but um, I I think the cast was done a lot of justice in the show. I think they all shine when they need to shine. Um, and Vi- and then Violet sits atop that because I think um yes like characters like ray from nge are becoming more and more common since ray from nge but i think in this case it's done to a very masterful degree mm-hmm. i would have picked a different profession for her i i mean she, it was very convenient that she was allowed to do this job and i get it like it was basically there to f- progress the plot line it's a favor though i mean she ends up at the job because it's a favor that was promised but it's stupid, you know, because a, a person that a person that a person that understands no emotions at all cannot write emotional letters for other people. Period. End of story. That's like saying, "I'm going to go work in India, but I don't speak." Or I'm but I gotta pick a better country that doesn't speak English. I'm going to go work in in uh, in Brazil, but I don't speak Portuguese. Like, well, you can't do it. So sorry, you're right. So I don't know. I, I just that really annoyed me. Like this. <laughs> It's like she 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 can't understand emotions from right from the beginning, and that's a huge part of the anime. But yet she's able to perform these job functions as if she understands emotions. So there's it's a contradiction there, and I, I didn't appreciate that for most of the show. I get that I get why they did it, that it was a a a a ship she was sailing on that took her to from port to port, and every port was a different emotions as she learned more about herself and about her past and all this. But like, I mean it doesn't make sense. Like you wish you wouldn't be able to do that. Job. No, Pick a different job. No, this, no, Pick something different. You definitely have, um, you definitely, you have an argument there for sure. But, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. so like the thing is like, I guess like, well, I think, uh, I mean, I think a big reason as to why she works there is the favor that was promised to the major. But I also, I, I also think that they, because, like, yes, she's emotionless, but she is able to still communicate well with people. And she asks questions when she needs to ask questions. So it's not like she's, like, like obviously she, and this develops throughout the show, but she is able to understand feelings. So that's why she's not, she's not completely clear. She's not, like, an actual robot that is out to understand emotions. She she is a human being with a heart with that has emotions inside of it. She's just out there, you know, like kind of understanding it as it's happening inside of her at the same time all right well um, it's an, but but there is an there you have an argument though because yeah. it is very it is very, a little bit it was pretty convenient that she was just able to be really good off the bat anyway um i don't have much more to say i like the war scenes i thought they were compelling me too i and i like a lot of the scenes where they're like planning strategies and stuff I did find it odd that uh, like a, a grown adult who's a major in the military uh, falls in love with a twelve year old, but that might be beyond the point. Also, what was his age? I don't even know his age. He's a major in the military, so I'm assuming he's an adult. She yeah, but during war times, a lot of people you don't like the structure can shift suddenly to like fit the needs of the well, war. I guess if she's. I mean, she was fourteen, right? At, at like. As the time the show's she happening, she was fourteen, which mm-hmm. means yes. I, I just backed. I basically backed her up a year and called her thirteen during the war. We'll just say that, but yeah. I don't know. Whatever, it's anime. I mean, for all I know, they're all. For all I know, every soldier in that army was ten years old. I don't know. Um, something else that I 
just like a personal thing mm-hmm. I liked was the Victorian flair of the show. Yes, the architecture um, was very nice. The architecture was so cool. <laughs> architecture was super cool. All the transit they used was really cool. Um, and the and the aesthetics of of the of the culture of the people in the show was awesome. Yeah, character design in this anime was super good. Um, it's an aesthetic masterpiece. I, think, I mean, it's just it just yeah, is. Yeah, it's an aesthetic masterpiece for sure. And I actually because this is my second time watching a couple episodes, I actually watched the English dub and oh, the dub pretty good. Like oh. pretty fucking good. Well, Netflix probably good. did it. So. Um, yes, it's 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 dubbed in like five of languages, it is. dude. I love it. Um, yeah, it's it is it was done pretty well, and um, yeah, I also don't have much more to say. I just really, I really, really think this anime did it did way more up and above what like other anime have been doing like in the past year in terms of like animation, design, writing, music. Uh, sound design, directing, all of that. They did it super well. It would have um, won some Academy Awards, probably. Yeah, I, I wanted to win. Any, I wanted to sell, too. I hope people watch it. But, uh, yeah, Mandy, I, I'm sure you have some final thoughts, too. Oh, uh, yeah, I was just waiting to get my final thoughts because I pretty much said everything that I wanted to say before my my wrap up. <laughs> yeah, but, I think we're, um, we're, we're in final thoughts mode. My also, the only like um, criticisms I have, because I didn't, I also didn't think it was, you know, 100% perfect. I really did enjoy it a lot. But um, like I mentioned before, I think I would have liked if they gave some backstory to the dolls and where they came from. Although, just also like Beacom said in the chat, the novel had some really questionable stuff in it. So I am. Also happy that they focused more on Violet and made it her like personal story. But I also kind of wanted to know more about the world. Like, I am I alone in thinking that that it, w- it didn't really dive into much of like the politics around what was going on, what caused the war. Only it was sprinkled they, they gave throughout you a the dialogue. little bit of sprinklings, yeah. but yeah. I still didn't think it was enough for me to grasp all of 13 it. Thirteen episodes, though. Thirteen yeah. episodes. So I was like. Eh. I still would have liked that, and um, I don't know. I still feel like there was some side characters that they built up and then kind of pushed to the back, and I don't know. I think I would have liked to see more of them, but to give my overall thoughts, um, I thought Violet Evergarden was a very powerful and poignant show for me. I really enjoyed Violet. I liked her backstory. I gave her sufficient reason for how she is at the start of the show, and I like watching her grow and acclimate herself back into this peaceful world and it kept my interest throughout the entire 13 episodes um and i always think it's important to give different mental illness issues disorders you know anything like that a representation because it makes us aware that these things exist and educate us on how they affect the lives of some people who suffer from them and although this was a fantasy i still thought it did it portrayed ptsd in a very delicate and clever way of showing us how someone who suffers from PTSD like views the world and difficulties they face when trying to readjust and come home from the war. So, um, uh, one of the I think one of the best ways to learn empathy and love is to put yourself into someone else's shoes in relating to another, like through your own imperfections. And uh, you can't experience someone's pain if you just look at them on like a superficial level which I think also why they had her with, uh, like, robotic arms, but um, or, you know, like, metal hands. But uh, 
So yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot. It left me feeling this was a very positive message. Everybody was supportive of her, and I thought that was really nice. And um, I was also strongly attached to episode 10. It gave me, <clears throat> it hit me in a very personal way. So that was the one with the uh, the mother who was... Um, oh, dude, fuck yeah, me the, up. the mother episode. Holy shit. I don't want to give too many spoilers, but that one. Oh my God, that <laughs> fucked me up good. I watched, that's it all the ones I watched today. It was very sweet, and it was my favorite, Holy I think, shit. of the entire series. But um, I'm definitely going to do that. I want to do that in the future, for sure. So I didn't think it was 100% perfect, but I still thought it was a very beautiful and strong show. And it's been one of my favorites so far of this year. And uh, I'm going to give it 4.5. And that's it. Yeah. Right. Uh, I go next. Um, okay. For me, I think that this is a show. You uh, you can't deny the aesthetics. They're, I mean, holy shit. <laughs> if only, if only. Yeah. This is what I fantasize about when I say, if only we could have half the anime we have every season. My fantasy is like, oh, suddenly a whole bunch of shows look like this. I I know that's not true, but like it, it would push us in that direction. That's yeah, the dream, though. It will push mm-hmm. us in that direction. You know. So this is like, you know, maybe a small taste of that or and or of what Netflix can do when they when they hurdle a massive truckload of money at a company. Um, for me, I um, I think when people watch this show, the the the, the distinguishing factor on, on whether or not they like it or not, I, th- I think is just whether or not they're able to connect with it emotionally or, or if they're in there, if they're in the right mindset for the emotions, because so many of the things in the anime are done to perfection that it's almost impossible to, to deny that things like the character designs, the music, the, the world building, the, the art, the animation, all that is just and everything you could possibly want in an anime. But I think that like, if you were to show this to somebody who just doesn't relate to PTSD at all, or isn't interested in the subject matter, there's no possible way they're going to like it. And that's no fault of the anime. The anime has a, has an objective. And, you know, I think they stuck to it. I think they stuck to the objective. And, um, but like, and, and I actually don't think I was entirely one of those people because like, I totally understand the concepts and all that. But at the same time, the pacing was a little tough for me. For me, I think it would have been a lot easier to, to digest if we had had maybe four or five episodes that had war flashbacks and that, and that they were more evenly interspersed throughout the show. Rather than, because like by episode six, a person thinks this is all this show is. She's just going to go from place to place, you know, typing for people that quite frankly could probably type stories for themselves and letters for themselves for, for the most part. And, you know, you wonder to yourself, is this all there is? So I'm sure that there's a lot of people that probably dropped this before they even got to the halfway point. And, and like I said, I would have probably been one of those people had I not have, uh, had I not needed to review for the podcast. But uh, I'm also not blind to the quality of the show, but um, and but for me, I, I went back and I checked to see what I gave Mahotsukai no Yome because this anime, to me, the way that I perceived it, felt a very similar, beautiful show, fantasy setting, but just don't really relate to a lot of the content, and so I looked that score up and I gave that show a seven out of ten. So I'm gonna give out Ever Evergarden a three point five. Um, Hmm. 3.5 metal hands that get ripped apart out of 5 because it can't get lower than a 3.5 because it's a friggin' aesthetic masterpiece and it would probably win like 5 Academy Awards to be honest 
Done. Done. Um, yeah, so I, I'm leaning more towards, like, I, I, I think I am someone who is the demographic for this show. Um, I seek out emotional journey. Uh, I think, um, you know, stories that, you know, are not, stories that are, are out to capture, like, humans in in their essence which to me is like our soul and our emotional state um are what interests me the most in like storytelling um i always i always the reason i like slice of life as like one of my main genres of anime is because it's one of the genres that takes this medium uh on a path to just stick to the to the stories in the mundane human in mundane human life and although this one is in mundane it take it does it's a drama that takes the path to stay tr- stay to a story that is very human in the end um violet just wants to know what the words i love you mean um and i i'm someone that's very blessed with people that you know care about me i care about me a lot in my life my parents love me to death my friends love me a lot too and i love them as much even more uh, I have friends that love me as well. I said that already, and um, yeah, You're my so dog loved. loves me. Yeah, so I like, love you. I, and I and I and I, I love you guys too. And I realize that I'm like very, very, you know, blessed and lucky to have this. So because I sit in a place where like I have these things put together, and I'm someone that's very much able to show affection and love, I can relate in a sense of like in in a sense of like putting myself in an opposite position where I imagine like what life is if I don't have these things. And if whenever I think about that, it's very lonely. It's very, I get really sad really fast when I think about the fact that like, what if my life like gave me the opportunity to meet all these people, but then like I didn't understand how to love or like I didn't understand how to accept love. Um, it changes my life drastically. So when I watch a show like this, where the main topic is, I am someone who can't feel emotion and someone told me they loved me and I don't know what that means. Um, you, you have me like I'm in, like I'll watch, I'm going to watch the whole thing. Cause that premise, um, you know, objectively is good, but then for me it's more, it adds a little, it's a little bit more weight because it's something that I think about a lot when I reevaluate where I am. Um, so I think, it was written really well. I think the story, mm-hmm. yes, it's episodic, but it's written so consistently where it doesn't feel very episodic. It, like the it the dialogue is so organic and smooth that when Violet leaves, it always feels like a release. It, it never feels like a what the fuck. It feels like release. So when she gets her new job, it feels like rising action again to then climax to then release again. Um, and that's incredible that they have arcs so organically laid out in every episode of those beginning eight. Um, so that when you get to the final arc is when you finally have a climax that's spread out throughout like multiple episodes. And that's masterful to me. I think that's really well done. Um, and again, beating a dead horse, but like it is beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. The show is beautiful. So, it is gorgeous. Um, to me, the show is a five out of five. It is five letters to my future kid out of five uh i love i love this fucking show it's really right, good so violet evergarden and that's it it's a four and a half which i think is good yeah it's i think fair, it's, good it's a fair score cool 
Well, we're really, really long, so let's just jump, <laughs> let, let's just jump straight to mailbags. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Bag. 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 If you want to submit a mailbag, do it on our website, aaapodcast.com. It's right next to the button that lets you uh, sign up for our extra content and also join the Discord, so it's easy to find. I'm going to blaze through this first one. Icy Rose writes, Hello, AAA hosts. So, Thunderbolt Fantasy was a Taiwanese puppet show that aired on Crunchyroll as part of the summer 2016 anime season and got voted in through the listener's choice poll, and Amitsuki ended up being the only one who reviewed it and gave it a four. Uh, with a second season coming for the series, would the podcast consider doing impressions for it when the second season airs, even though it's technically not anime, so it doesn't appear on sites like Mao or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I say, I say yes, why not? We set the precedent. Yeah, I try it. Next mailbag. You want me to do it? If, if you would like to, I would love that. This is from McNeary. Nirasagum. It means I don't know Gaelic, so wondering if there's any anime about Gaelic or Latin. Um... No idea. Not about Gaelic, but there are ones with Celtic influences, like Ancient Magus Bride has a lot of Celtic mythology in it, Tears of Tiara. And there's a manga called Shularun, which is has a lot of Gaelic, Celtic stuff in it. I don't know about Latin, though, unfortunately. There's a manga, or there's an anime about a man who like uh, builds um, Roman architecture called Thermae Romae, T-H-E-R-M-A-E. R-O-M-A-E. Haven't seen that, but you might want to look that up. Also, I found a website that has 10 examples, 10 notable examples of Irish slash Celtic music and anime. Those are hmm. uh, The Twelve Kingdoms has a, has a song called Fushun that has it. The Borrowers are, are Adietti, Victorian Romance, Emma, Emma Act, Second Act, My Otome, Some Days Dreamers, Turn A Gundam, Kemono No Soja Eren, Fairy Tale, Ah oh My Goddess, the TV series, Do-da-da-da. All of these have some some kind of um, Irish slash Celtic influence in their music. (laughs) Celt what? Celty. Oh, Celty. With the fun helmet. (laughs) I think this next one's yours, uh, my man. Oh, yeah. Uh, The next one is from Curious Yellow Subaru. (laughs) That's a cool name. Um, And it reads, Keep up the great job loving the show. If you could be an anime character of the opposite sex, whom would it be? What are some of the things you would like to do as that character? And how long would you stand naked in front of a mirror? (laughs) Oh, he's he's assuming a lot there. Um, (laughs) I... Oh, god damn. (laughs) I I don't know. I would be honest with us. Come on. I would be a vampire or succubus, probably, and spend oh. my time going around at night biting and spreading my sickness like a, and being a damn sexy succubus while I'm doing it. And I'd spend a this long and I'd spend a long ass time in front of the mirror. My I wouldn't this is a perfect question for my go to. I would totally be Nana. Do what? <laughs> I'd be a cool ass girl and fucking playing shows and shit. Yeah. <laughs> sign me up. Okay, first, realistically, I'd be here to talk from Otakoi because just put some boy parts on me and give her the smoking habit, and that's it. I'm basically, we're basically the same person. I just live my life normally, like how I do now. But secondly, I don't want to be an anime character. I want to be Momoto Miyano, and I'd be fucking beautiful, and I'd use my good looks for evil. You're already beautiful. (laughs) Uh huh. Mm -hmm. But how long would you stand in front of a mirror? Such a beautiful man i wonder how I often he looks in a mirror and just goes damn damn <laughs> if i was nana i'd probably i honestly wouldn't look at myself in the mirror too often unless you count putting makeup on 
because she spends a lot of time doing I that. I barely even I'm own sure. a mirror, period. So, all right, guys, we're at the mm. end. Very long episode. I'm sure you all loved that, um, no doubt. If you want to... If you want to sign up for all of our extra content, you can do it at our website, aaapodcast.com forward slash join. Again, we have a real life police officer coming on the pod, coming on the podcast in just a moment to do a hentai episode to, to um, talk about what really happens behind the, the closed doors of, uh, of the world of, uh, of true crime. So that'll be interesting for you guys. We're also going to be doing hobby. We did a hobby addict today on the World Cup. So um, can, please, I hope you continue to enjoy the different types of things that we're interested in outside of anime podcasting. And of course, remember on iTunes, you can help us conquer all these other podcasts that never post any content by subscribing to help us be number one. So I would, I would love that. That would be like number my one, birthday's please. coming up, coming up soon. That would be a great birthday present. And uh, I love you all. We'll see you next week. See you. I love Bye. you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>